I'm a little short of breath today. I don't know why. Probably the I fires. pressed record. Why? Okay. Good morning. Good afternoon. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the most unprepared episode of from of of from Bob's office. Wow, Jacob's really screwed me up today. And I am very entertained. <laughs> um, it is currently um what it is currently 1:50 on Tuesday, November 5th. I'm Jake Mathis. I'm Jacob Bomber, and that was a really rough start. But it's okay, because that's how we roll. The next voice you hear belongs to somebody I've known since he was in 8th grade, which is, I don't know, 11 years ago almost. Which is probably pretty close to that. Uh, first time I met him, he was playing flag football at school. Or no, I came to teach Ultimate Frisbee to the class. That was fun. Um, he went to Lakewood High School. I was one of his youth leaders in church. Um, and what did you get your degree in? Kinesiology. I probably should have known that. I did know that, but I wanted to make sure. I was doing kinesiology from Cal State Long Beach. He's looking at us like we're idiots because we were not prepared for this. We normally have like a yeah a nice plan, it and out, it just and didn't apparently happen. didn't happen today. So it wasn't the next voice you hear. But now the next voice you hear belongs to Kyle Oscarson. Hey everybody, how's it going? Sorry that we really did that poorly. You were really no, loud it's in good. that moment. I'm loud. You, I, you're fine. You just keep talking. You're okay. loud in my head. Because I hear louder in the headphones. I hear loud sounds. <laughs> so, so here's what happened this weekend. I didn't watch a single sports thing all weekend. That's a shock. <laughs> I know. I was very busy because Friday night we had the football game for Valley, which they won. Did you see that Braden won? Uh, I didn't know if he won, but I knew he, I knew he like there was a thing for him. Oh yeah, Long Beach athlete of the week, of the so week right? Dope. Even though yeah. they're not in Long Beach. <laughs> we're not we're gonna skip over that detail. Um so we were at the game and then Saturday we had our alumni day for the Cal State Long Beach Ultimate Frisbee team. So all the old guys and old ladies came and we played against all the current team. Yeah, so like seventy year olds, the, old yeah, ladies, right? The guys yeah, play the guys <laughs> and the ladies play the ladies. And the ladies' game was actually pretty close for a while, hmm. and then a couple of the older ringers showed up and took care of business. But the guys' game was never in doubt. We went up pretty quick, pretty early. We won half, eight to one, and won the game, fifteen to like four or something. Did Crash play? Crash did play. Crash was probably the best player. Wow. Who's the oldest person there? Me. <laughs> oh no. Well, my friend what? Dan. My friend Dan showed up at halftime, and he didn't actually play. He just came and hung out because he had his little baby with him. Um, he's older than me by two months. Mm. Nope, Bogo is there. He got there later, and he is older than me, so Bogo was the oldest. Bogo free Bogo. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Buy one, get um, one free if you lame so, don't know that. So means. that was fun. We played from, like, we got there at 10 and finished around 2, and then we went out and got something to eat, and I literally, between the time of roughly 8.30 and midnight on Saturday, I was home only for long enough to take a shower and leave again. Because mm-hmm. then a bunch of the alumni went and hung out at one of the alumni's house, and we were there for a long time, hanging out and playing games and having a good time. So that was awesome because we had friends come down from, like, San Francisco who hadn't, you know, they come down for alumni day to hang out. So that was Saturday, so I didn't watch anything Saturday. And then Sunday we had church, and then I went and got lunch with a former student. And then I went to Pepperdine and visited a former student. And that was awesome. Have either of you ever been near Pepperdine? I've only seen Pepperdine. I think I've driven by it once. 
Malibu. Okay, so it's the second weekend in a row I was in Malibu. So that was Ooh. <laughs> so that was oh, wait, cool. maybe I have been there. <laughs> it's that nice school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been there. The waves, baby, waves up. So I went to just go because I'd never been on the campus. So he, like, walked me around and showed me all the stuff. And their campus is so dope. Their library. Like, you know those scenes where people are in college and in Ivy League schools? And so their libraries are, like, the big wooden tables with the high back chairs. And yes. The lamps. Yeah. And stuff. That's what they had. Oh. Is that where they filmed? I've never seen this ever. Is that where they filmed uh, Zoe 101? Yes. Nice. I'm pretty sure. On Pepperdine? Then, yeah, it's really pretty. I think so. That's why I think I know I've been there. Because you knew you've been on the set of Zoe 101? No, because I recognized the place and I was like, oh. Yeah, so I think I've been there. That Now that you say that, walking around, there are a couple like plaza areas that definitely looked familiar. So that makes sense. I'm looking it up right now, but I'm pretty sure it was. I so knew yeah. it was filmed in Malibu. So I got there. I got there around three, I want to say, and then I left around yep. nine. Pepperdine so University. They have there's a little like grassy knoll area where you have this unobstructed view of the water and yeah. the sun, and so we <laughs> we were just having this really extended conversation. And we happened to make our way down there and like watched the sunset as it was, it was pretty awesome. So I did that the whole time. So the only sports I watched the entire weekend was I watched most of the first half of the Packers Chargers game on mm-hmm. my drive up. But by the time I had left, everything was over. So I, I didn't see much. I saw highlights. I stayed in bed all Monday morning watching all the game highlights of each game. So that's about the extent of the information that I have from the weekend. I had an nice. awesome weekend. Yeah, so uh, my weekend was pretty good. Um, after Valley's big win and winning league, um, we he, my friend Ian came down from Phoenix to see the game and spend the weekend down with us, so it was fun. So we went with a few of our friends to go pick up our buddy Khalil from Cal Poly Pomona, and then we went and got in and out super late because – Poly Pomona is so far away. And then the I next... Realized I didn't even see Khalil the whole weekend. Oh, that's right. Bummer. We'll see him Eventually. for uh, Thanksgiving. Anyway, continue. Um, so, dang it. Um, <laughs> so then Saturday, we kind of all just hung around the house. We went to Korean Barbecue, which was all right because we had to wait so long because they chose to go to this place that I said, let's not go to because it's going to take us nine years to get a table. It took us nine years to get table. At one point, I almost yelled at a hostess because a party of two got a, a gigantic table that was supposed to, I, I think was supposed to definitely be for us because if you look at us, a party of five versus their party of two, we definitely should have gotten the booth, not having to wait another hour when it said that we are number one, the wait list. Have you ever actually, I've seen you threaten anger a lot, but I've never actually seen you get mad in public. Like uh, at at an individual. No, I I've seen I you try get mad like at yourself. You get mad at yourself bowling and. Oh yeah, I get mad at myself with sports. But I've but never seen you actually get mad. Not. At somebody. I, I try my best not to. Um. Yeah, I try my best not to. <laughs> I've only been like. If you would have actually I, gotten mad at the hostess and I wasn't there to see it, I would have been. Very I, I get sad. annoyed with people and I'll get like short answered with them and like you can tell I'm annoyed, but I, I don't think I've ever like blown up on a person. I probably will one day and I, I kind of hope to do it one day. 
It's really no experience. For righteous reasons. Um, and then Sunday was a was a day we went to our favorite food place, the Hangar, and it was a lot of fun. And then. Did you get anything different this time? You I, I got the chicken thing? sandwich that you got last oh. time. It was bomb. Do you get the that one? What's that one place called? With the I don't know what any of the names are except Bite Me because that place has an awesome name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of the other places. That are one called. with the pig. That what's that called? With the yeah, like fries. Yeah, and the poutine. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, poutine. That's what I usually. That's get. one yeah. he gets. I've gotten that one before. It's pretty good. I get Jaybirds, which is like the fried chicken. That's what that's called. Okay. It's so good. And so I normally get the chicken strips, but then this week I got the um, the Mac Daddy sandwich, which is like chicken and like um, mac and cheese on it, and it's oh man. It's and that's so all good. that's on it. I was kind of surprised that there wasn't anything else. It was literally just. Bun, chicken, mac and cheese bun. And it was so good. And I had the fries for the first time, and they were great, because I normally get the mac and cheese for a side, but I'm like, I'm not going to double mac. I mean, I probably could have. Wouldn't be the worst I do love their mac. No free ads, though, so don't go there. Um, (laughs) No, go there and tell them that you heard about them on our show. Every time I go in there and I wear, like, a cool shirt, they're always like, dope shirt, dude. I'm like, thanks. So maybe we need to make a shirt. What shirt? Well, just one of my Star Wars ones normally. It, um, the last time they said something, it was when I wore my uh, – it's the Van Gogh-looking one where it has, like, a Stormtrooper on Starry Night. Yeah. That's, like, one of my favorite ones. But it's so small on me because I, I watched it too many times in a row. Yeah. So how was your weekend? <laughs> um. Well, you know, I've always watched sports and love it, but this last – or this, this season, like – I've been so busy and like I work during the weekends and work during nights to where like I've not been able to like watch very much football or like college football or like Thursday night or some Monday nights. I usually watch Sundays, but then this Sunday I was, I was going to watch a Charger game because I'm a Charger fan. But so, yeah, uh, it was the Charger game. It wasn't the Packers, it was the Charger game. Yeah, of course. They're home too. I mean, it, home. It, uh, yeah, I mean, quote. And you also um, say your team then. But uh, my grandma wasn't doing so well on Sunday, so we went over there. So I recorded the game. Um, I worked on Saturday, so I didn't watch any college football. Uh, and then I watched a Charger game afterwards. Um, but my weekend was good. Yeah, I got to spend some time with my extended family because we went to go visit my grandma. So that was fun. And then I got to watch a Charger game uh, that night. So... Uh, very happy about that. So it was a good weekend. Smooth transition. So let's just go straight into that. I didn't. So I watched the first half, and that was uneventful. So Jake, you're gonna have to. The entire game was. You two can uneventful. take it from here. Uh, that's not true. Um, we stink. <laughs> I mean, I think. Right, how I think quickly it's, things change. I think it's a nice, as Aaron Rodgers put it, I think it's a nice slice of humble pie, and. And they were reading in the tabloids, thinking that they're these bid back team, and they did not show up the way we wanted to. Um, I read a stat where it was we've lost the last eight games on the like the time change weekend. So I just think it's some sort of jinx That's that the time wizards thing. put on us that we just can't win that weekend. Time wizards. But I'm okay with the loss. I would have loved to win, but I'm okay with the loss because everyone in our division lost. So oh, we're yeah, still at first place, so bad. which is amazing that we're still at first place and everyone else lost. And so it's kind of a relief almost that everyone went down one game, but yet we're still in a way safe because it's just 
Whatever. And we have Carolina City this beat week. Minnesota. You guys lost to the Chargers. Um, Detroit lost to Oakland. And Chicago lost to... Anyone? Chicago's terrible. I don't was it the Eagles? Probably. Something like that. I don't remember. They yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. The, but Chicago's bad. And that yeah. makes me so happy. I just want to point out, too, um, Jake, I believe on the last podcast, you were talking about how the Packers were going to destroy the Chargers oh, yeah. or something. I, I don't know. You threw out some crazy stats or something. I um, thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. But I think they had something like 84 yards after three quarters or something. Yeah. It was uh, Aaron Rodgers' worst game in a long time. After, I think the Chargers after D-line. two of his best games. That was the Chargers' first home win versus the Packers in franchise oh, yeah. history. I'm not defending the Chargers, <laughs> saying they're great or anything. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not saying anything bad about them. I won't. Oh, hello. I won't be saying anything bad about them for at least two years until we play again. <laughs> well, in that's probably day. not true. I, I would probably say bad things about them if they suck again, but which will probably be soon. Yeah, but this but. week they're good. This week I'm happy for them that. And my my one of my best friends is a Chargers fan, so you know, it it sucks, but I'm going. I'd rather this is a better win, or no, this is a better loss than if it was against someone like the Vikings or the Bears. I would have had, I would have been more angry if it was that. We just didn't show up. We we just struggled, and it was uh, very apparent. And I think we have stuff to work on, and I think we'll bounce back against Carolina. Why do you believe that? Because we're a grinding team, you know. You lose one, or like we're not gonna lose two in a row. Not us. Plus, I'm pretty sure it's at home. We play better at home. You're just gonna speak it into existence. You yes. don't have any reasons to. No, you don't need reasons. What do you think went wrong this week? Everything. Um, okay. Why do you? <laughs> we. Oh man, it was probably the sun. To be honest, we're not used to this sun. Um. <laughs> Your offensive line looked pretty bad. Yeah. Um, they he had so many. Oh man, they they just made a lot of mistakes that they normally don't, and we were just fucking tacked by flags pretty much. It was rough, but I don't know. Maybe it was the time change. Maybe it was just playing on the West Coast is hard for us right now. It was just we. Hopefully, next time we come out west against the 49ers, it'll be good. When's that? Two or three weeks? Because I can't remember if we have a bye after next week or not. I have no idea when our bye is. I thought our bye was this coming week, but it's not. Yeah. Well, bye week's 11. What is What week is this, 10? Sure. No. Because I don't know. Yeah. Because we're 5 and 10. 3. We just had a bye week, so there's been this 9 is, weeks. This coming up is, is week, week 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. So starting Thursday is week 10. I thought, that, I thought this last week was week 10. But we're... Playing Carolina, and I feel okay about that. Um, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a evil, of course, but we're going to have to find a way to contain him. I love Christian McCaffrey, though. Easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if we let him have a big day and no one else, I think I'd be okay with that. Cause I think I think we could survive just one C-Mac attack, but like no one else probably. <laughs> if like their receivers just stop playing, it's fine. They don't have Cam Newton anymore, so. They, they've been playing great without him. Kyle Allen has been very good. He's all right. He didn't play well this last week. Or was it this week or last week? I don't know. They've, they're okay. Who did they? Oh, well, I feel like San we're, Francisco. Yeah, it's because they played San Francisco. Yeah, well, they're going to play Green Bay. Uh, 
and guys, Green Bay. Do you guys think San Francisco's I, actually good? I think this week is going to be their first true test. Because last week, last Thursday when they played on Halloween, um, they didn't look unbeatable. Like, the Cardinals were able to actually put up a good point, like, put up good points against them and, like, look good against them. But this coming Monday when they play Seattle, I think it's going to be a game, and I think Seattle's going to win it. Because I think Russell Wilson is just insane. I mean, they've played Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. So that's bad. (laughs) The Redskins and Arizona, and then us and Carolina. So they've played two good teams and six bad teams. One good team. Hey, we are five and three. Thank you. I very much. counted you, by the oh, way. <laughs> you're not counting. I think Carolina's decent. Uh, yeah, I think they're decent. I don't think they're good. Okay. Well, so it's hard to tell. I mean, they're also five and three. It's hard to tell. I but think they play. They host Seattle this week, and then you guys are two weeks after that. Yeah. Okay. So we have a bye after the that. Sunday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, oh man, I have to go with dumplings that day. I'm not gonna watch the game. <laughs> yeah, you won't, because it's an afternoon game. Mm, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so I don't know. I think they are. I think that their offense has been looking pretty good, and that Breda is pretty consistent, and that Jimmy G just doesn't lose. Does he have a loss as a starter yet? I don't think he's I, ever yeah. lost as a starter. I don't know. I think his first season wasn't that great. No. What do you mean? Didn't you not, do good not as a hurt? Niners? Yeah, as a Niners quarterback. Was he like five and zero, oh and then he got hurt or something? I think he, I don't think it was as many as five, but two and zero, oh? three. Nah, he only started three. All right. What? This is his third season with the team. Because he had five starts. Oh, it's at the first, end of last okay, season. Yeah, he had five starts. In 17, he went 5-0, and and then he went 1-2 and last year, and he's 8-0 oh, okay. this year. So, yes, he's lost. Okay, but he's 16-2. and I mean, that's pretty decent. As a starting quarterback, because he had two wins with New England. So he's 14-2 in San Francisco. I wouldn't mind being that. Mm-hmm. Those Patriot quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, well, Jacoby's hurt. Yeah, but he's been impressive. Yeah, he's been yeah, good. Yeah. But Jacoby's hurt. Okay, so... To answer your question, yeah, I actually think San Francisco is good. I don't know if they are this good, but they're pretty good, and they scare me. And I keep forgetting about them because when, when Seattle came back, Seattle was down like 21-7 to to Tampa Bay and came back and won. And I was like, dang it, Tampa Bay, I need you I need you to hold on so we could get closer to Seattle. And then Cody was like, why, for the wild card? And I was like, ah, frick, San Francisco, we're not yeah. catching San Francisco. You guys might not make the playoffs. Right now, we wouldn't be in the playoffs. It's crazy. What's that like? I don't know. What's the Super Bowl like, Jake? Uh, Actually, we've (laughs) won the last one we were in. Yeah, how long ago? About uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, so bite me. No, it's uh, still a win. (laughs) Yeah, let's not talk about Super Bowls. Yeah. (laughs) 1995. Me and the uh, 11 other Charger fans uh, have nothing to say about that, so. I know uh, two of the 11, so look at that. <laughs> there you go. How how mixed was did the crowd end up being at the game? Because I couldn't really tell. I heard it was like 80-20 Packers. Was it that much? That's what I heard. I, yeah. We know people that were there. It wasn't. It was. I mean, no Charger game's a home game. So yeah. yeah. It. I mean, they're better on the road anyway. So <laughs> it's whatever. 
know. There's rumors about them, I think, this morning going to London or rumors that they were. And that they got shut down. I swear if that ever happened. Their owner got pretty pissed about that. I would be too. Their owners, I don't know. I don't know what to say about him, so. That would be just crazy, actually. I would stop watching the NFL. I wouldn't mind a Canadian team, but I think it being... If there is an NFL team in Europe, that, I, I think that's no too longer much. watching the NFL. Because, like... Why? Because that's dumb. That's just bad. It, Traveling it is so much. health and stuff. It's too much. And Time Europe zones. doesn't care about American football. I agree. I so it'd be the I, worst idea in the world. Yeah, so especially to move a team the, like the Chargers. For the league to do something so obviously dumb. If they would move a team, it'd be I'd like be Jacksonville, because Jacksonville is yeah, Jacksonville I, has been there for the last. It would be really tough. Eight the years. Chargers for the ones that went to England. So, I'm not about that. I wouldn't be a fan of the NFL. No, he would still watch. No, I, yeah, he wouldn't I'd, give up his. No, I mean, like, I wouldn't be a figurative fan that they would do something like like that move. I would be a fan of. I would not just stop watching. Uh, there was a guy who was it that someone asked me it was like, "Would you give up your team for like three thousand dollars or something like that?" And I said, "No." Oh, Kyle, we did that with Cody and Kyle. Like, how yeah. much money would it take for you to stop being a fan, yeah, or I, to just be a fan of a different team? Like, I don't for Cody I, to be a Raiders, or for for Kyle to be a Raiders fan, how much money would he do it for? And yeah. he did it for like. Some couple of thousand bucks. Right? Yeah, it wasn't that much. Yeah, I was like, Jeez. I would, I was very much considering. But he was like, how would you know? I said, no, that's not, you would have to actually do it. You would have to invest. And you'd have to make that happen. You don't get to, like, pretend. Yeah, I couldn't do it. All right, here's a question then. I mean, it's kind of a similar one. Would you guys take a million dollars, but for the rest of your life, you knew your team was never going to win a Super Bowl. Like, they couldn't win a Super Bowl. They'd still play, but you knew they wouldn't win. But you'd get a million dollars. So you'd watch them every year knowing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You would do it for a million dollars? No, I wouldn't. I've seen yeah. my team win a Super Bowl. I, I want my team to win another one, especially with Aaron Rodgers. No, for I wouldn't a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, a million dollars, that can get me so far, but the enjoyment of my team winning Super Bowl can get me further. I would just, I'd be like, yeah, Rams. And I would just invest more fully in the other teams that I watch. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. No, I would. No, I want a Super Bowl. I'd pay that million dollars to get us to a Super Bowl. <laughs> you, you need more than that. Yeah, probably. whenever you acquired the, the million dollars. I'm a... Uh, We're not going to talk about your money situation. On <laughs> um, yeah, so, so what else happened? other football news, yeah. um, Cam Newton is officially shut down for the year, which means... That we could see him on the move this offseason, either a cut or a trade, which if I were the Bears, I would go after Cam Newton. If I, mean, I was the Broncos, very, I'd go after Cam Newton. This is very Derek Rose-ish to come in and be really good, really young, win an MVP oh. early on, and then have injuries and just have weird stuff happen, and you leave. I didn't even think about that. And if you look at Derek Rose now, he's balling. Uh, but he's he was the M- the youngest MVP ever. That dude was so explosive and exciting. And now it's like, okay, he's a scorer. Like Carmelo Anthony was still a scorer, but who cares? And That's he's interesting. In, <laughs> he's in. Is he still in Detroit? Who? Rose. Yeah, he's a starter in Detroit right now. Okay, <laughs> he's a starter in Detroit. That's not. There you go. I, just, I would so take him over KCP. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would too. That's not the point. The point is. 
it's wild that Cam Newton is going to go from league MVP to we need to get rid of him because he costs too much and he's not helping our team. That yeah. that idea is crazy. I think the Bears would be a good fit for him. Trubisky's gone. Trubisky's. I mean, there are multiple teams in each quarterback. The Bears, the Dolphins. The, I mean, at least the Bears have pretty good defense, so that would instantly. But, like, how much? We don't know. How good is Cam Newton? I think I Cam Newton's know. pretty decent. I don't know. Honestly. I used to be a very big Cam Newton hater. I don't know anymore. I'm still and then I had him on fantasy at one point, and I was like, you know what? This guy isn't terrible. Yeah, but, probably because he ran the ball for touchdowns. Yeah, because he was athletic. <laughs> <laughs> he He did the job. But yeah, I I think that he'll end up somewhere, somewhere useful. He'll be a starter caliber quarterback again. Maybe Cincinnati. That'd be a dope uniform for him. I can't envision Cam Newton being in Cincinnati. How come? I don't know. That just seems that doesn't seem like a place he would want to go. What if he goes to the flashy. Browns? <laughs> I don't think Baker Mayfield is the problem. I Ooh. think Freddie Kitchens is the problem. Me too, actually. I so, and their O line. You like, guys think Baker Mayfield's good? I don't think he's. I, I don't I, think he's great. I just think he's not the problem. I think that he. I think if he were properly coached, that he does have the skills to make stuff happen. I've seen him play and be yeah. good, but over the course of an entire game, entire season, there's a lot of coaching that is required that is not happening. Yeah, um, I think Browns have a huge problem with discipline as well, which that stems from a head coach not over doing under, his job. Over under two more games that it takes for Odell to just lose I, his mind. I'm, <laughs> I listened to the Pat McAfee show today, and he said that he is impressed that Baker has not blown up yet. Not Baker, my bad. Odell, Odell has not blown up yeah. yet. Which I'm like, you know, he makes a very good point, because if I was him, I would have probably. Like... But I don't think it's Baker's fault. I don't think Baker's bad. I think he can be a decent starting quarterback in the league, but I don't think he's like a Super Bowl caliber one, but I think he's a decent team where if he has the ability to make or to win games, he's gonna win games. It's just that they're not went, given the chance. If he went like eighteen for twenty five for two hundred yards and two touchdowns every game and then had another like eight to ten rushes for 40 yards, I think they would win games. Yeah. If he didn't have to throw the ball so much, if they just managed it a little bit Which better and I don't got get Nick why. Chubb like 25 touches yeah. a game. I don't get why Nick more. Chubb isn't getting more touches when he's that good. And, well, this week, you know who's come back for them? Well, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Hunt comes back. Yeah, but what's that going to look like? I'm probably great. <laughs> well, if he's still in football shape and if he's ready to play... I think that's a good, I think that's a good ta- tag team right there. Those two. I mean, Chubb has been getting touches. The fewest rushes he's had in the game is 16 all year. So, and he gets about three catches a game. So he is getting some number of touches, but Baker just throwing it over and over. Trade Jarvis. The solution. No. Can't trade anymore, anyways. What does that mean? Oh, well, now yeah, you can't. There's. There's just more complicated rules behind it. You can do it. It's just oh, more complicated. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought the deadline meant you can't. It's a certain deadline, and then other mm. stuff can still happen. Got it. Josh Gordon went to um, the Seahawks, which I think is a good move. 
I don't know about that guy. He just bounces in and out of the league all over the place. Hasn't been good for six years. I mean, because of when it. he plays, he's good. Yeah, I just don't know how long he, if he's actually gonna stick in Seattle. Cause he doesn't. He doesn't seem to stick anywhere. So I mean, there's I like no, Seattle. There's no pressure. <laughs> he's gonna be behind Lockett. He's gonna be. I mean, Metcalf is putting up some good numbers. Metcalf so. is actually playing great. Lockett is probably one of the most underrated receivers right now. True. I enjoy him. He went from being a kick return specialist. Did you know that they had two out. Lockets on their team? Because the other one was the one that like broke his neck. Well, yeah, play. that was like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, they had two Lockets, and it got me really confused when I was younger. I'm like, how am I supposed to know which one to pick up in fantasy? Rashard or uh, Tyler? Oh, yeah. It was the better one. Rich, uh, it was something like that. It, yeah, Richard Lockett, I, I think. Rashard. Why did you go with the French pronunciation? Because, uh, I don't know, I felt like he was French. Little wee-wee in here. I shouldn't have said that, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I agree. They're still um, taking sponsors, by the way. Yeah. If, if so, you if you own a French, French restaurant... <laughs> Yeah, if you if have a French restaurant yeah, that sells a, spaghetti. A crepery, um, that would be amazing. We would eat crepes on the show and talk about where we got the crepes from. I don't know if I would. Are you not a crepes person? They're okay. They're okay. They're skinny pancakes. Filled with deliciousness. Occasionally. Skinny pan- yeah, what's wrong, with, what's wrong with having a skinny pancake? I'm a waffle guy. So just put some holes in your crepe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Put some hole in your grave. Yep. Um, I know that's baseball works, free agency but... has started, hasn't it? Right, yep. Is that what we're moving on to? Probably. So it's started... Oh, I I could have talked about what happened in Jacksonville. <laughs> Here this we go. This is your time. So this is going to be a version of the Minshew Minute because it revolves around Minshew. This is probably the saddest news I've broke on this podcast. Go for it. That Jacksonville has, or Doug Marone has chosen to defy the people, go against us, picket us, attack us, taking away the great man, the myth, the mania, the madness, Gardner Minshew, putting him on the bench to play some guy named Nick Foles. I tweeted about this. I retweeted Doug Marone's press conference. Do you care to read your tweet? Uh, I can summarize. Uh, oh, yeah, I can read my tweet if I have to. But I tweeted about it because how upset I was. And then I was attacked on Twitter by Eagles fans. How do I find my tweet? There we go. <laughs> I tweeted, I'm hurt. Minshew, was, Minshew has put this team on his back. And now they go against the people and go with whoever this Nick guy is. Throwing up emoji, rolling eyes emoji. Minshew deserves better. And then I was then retweeted by two Eagles fans, a guy with a picture of Nick Foles holding the Super Bowl trophy, saying, "Whoever this Nick guy is, he played, he outplayed the goat in the Super Bowl. Watch your mouth." And then another guy saying, "They didn't pay Nick Foles 88 million to sit on the bench. Shut up, lol." And I said, "At least they were laughing about it, laughing at me probably." But I. I chose to be the bigger man and not respond to some random people that don't even know who I am. It's Twitters. Because... Welcome to Twitter. Yes. <laughs> because I was like, you know what? I, I'm i just not going to deal with these people because they don't understand a joke because I know who Nick Foles is. 
I know he's a decent quarterback. I just feel like this move was premature and not the move that they should make. He said, this will make us in a better place to win. And I said, what about all the receivers that drop passes? They had six drops in that game. It's a lot. And how many turnovers did Gardner have? Four. But how much did the O-line suck? All five of them. I don't know that that has as much to do with the turnovers. I don't blame a man for a turnover. I blame the men who are supposed to be protecting him that don't protect him. And the receivers who don't get open. There's a lot of reasons that turnovers happen. I don't think it was Minshew's fault. I don't think O-linemen would be very happy with you. Uh, You know what? I would love to have a conversation with them. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) Sure I would. (laughs) I'd buy them them lunch and say, thank you for doing great things, and thank you for protecting my man Blake Bortles, but listen, this is what we got to do. we got to figure out how to make you protect better. I'm going to charge you a few times, and you're going to try and defend me. (laughs) If I get past you. (laughs) With so little effort, that would take them. Well, then maybe they need the extra practice. Forearm into your chest, well, and you would <laughs> break. Let them have the extra practice then, because they clearly need it. That just hurt my shoulder to do. You are an old and feeble man. Fe- okay, the amount of stress I put my shoulder through since Friday night. We were throwing, I threw a football around for an hour Friday night, oh. and I played frisbee all day Saturday, and then Monday we went disc golfing, and I was throwing harder than normal. And then I went to the driving range and hit a bucket of balls, which I hadn't done in a long time. And then I spent 45 minutes throwing with one of the players on the Frisbee team, showing him how to throw long throws. So I just spent 45 minutes throwing long throws again. So by the end of that, I can't even like a forehand, just this, that motion right now really hurt a lot. Um, So my shoulder's in a lot of pain. So if I, like, moan or something at some point, it's because I moved my arm and didn't think about it, and it hurt really bad. Like, steering the car hurts. with my. I have to drive left-handed because putting my arm up and doing that hurts. Take care of your bodies, people. Don't, don't strain. See, this man drinks milk every day, but his bones are this weak. That means my that... The milk thing it's is a lie. It's not the bones in my shoulder. It's the ligaments the and tendons that have been The milk thing is a lie. Milk does not help your body. Yeah. Hey, Jake, how many bones have I broken in my life? How do I know the answer Zero. <laughs> how many bones have I bought, broke? I don't know. Zero. Okay. So there's multiple ways to Look get that. there. Look at that. No Mine milk. is by drinking milk and you is by sitting there doing nothing. I am offended. <laughs> I did sports all the way until recently. You ran. <laughs> Who breaks bones running? People that That's trip. Fair. <laughs> okay, so if you're tripping and running, so you probably shouldn't be lack running. Lack of coordination involved. I played flag football too. Oh, good. I will be playing in a turkey bowl. Are we you going to play in the turkey bowl? I plan on being there. There we go. More people in the turkey bowl. I'm gonna repeat my my great times. Bouncing <laughs> that one off my face. We don't need to talk about that again. Okay, fine. Um, baseball. Sad to see Cole Calhoun leave. Hope for the best for him. It's the right ha- decision, though. Yep. I'm ready for Garrett Cole to come and join us. Hopefully he'll be on the show sometime. On this show? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Garrett Cole is a phenomenal man, and he's going to be a Los I mean, Los we Angeles have Angel had Atlanta. one professional athlete be our guest, so <laughs> just, yeah. just need to go up, keep going up. Texas manager. Yeah. With his new contract, he's gonna get, he gets sponsored, you guys. <laughs> yeah. He does it for a lot. <laughs> We would change the name of the show to 
something from good. Cole's office. Garrett Cole and friends. From Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. From Bob's office. Brought to you by Garrett Cole. It would be the start of every episode. It would be. We'd have to change our logo. I would. And it would have to. I would have read like his Garrett stats every somewhere. single episode. <laughs> I don't know that that's how he would want that to play out. Somebody, somebody who knows, share this with Garrett Cole and see what he thinks. Yes, if someone knows Garrett Cole, please let us know. He's uh, from Southern California. Yeah, I know. Which is why him coming back. Which, yeah, sense. that's why I think it's going to happen. It's going to be a homecoming. He was an Angels fan. He went to the 2002 World Series. He wasn't in it, but he went. He was 17 a, years ago. He, he was, was a fan in sitting in the in the crowd when we won our World Series. Well, people seem to think the Yankees are going to get him. People seem to think wrong. I saw a thing where How we're going to get him. How much are you willing him, to wager on that? That we're going to win, or we're going to get him? Yeah. Or does it mean any other team, or are you just betting for the Yankees? I don't know. What do you want it to be? I don't want him to go to the Yankees, but you're I, so sure we're going to get him that I'm willing we'll to bet against $10 you. $10 down that he will go to the Angels. So if he comes to the Angels, I owe you $10, and if he goes anywhere else, you owe me $10. Yes. I'm reaching with my left hand because I can't reach with my right hand. Kyle witnessed it. Yep, it I did. It was, with, it was with both of their left hands, though. I don't... Yeah, because I couldn't shake with I my right hand. I can't move my right hand, Kyle. And it'd be nah, really it weird if I were to shake with my right hand. I'd have to reach. I'd have to move the way my microphone's set up. That would have been a disaster. It would have been really weird if I did my right hand when he had his we left hand We could have shook feet. That would have... I would have... <laughs> <laughs> Quick side note that I have not pointed out, but I've been meaning to point out every single time. It's a shocker that it's Jacob does not episodes. wear shoes in here, and it makes me want to throw up every time I look down and see those crusty old toes. That's rude. <sighs> I call everyone's toes crusty. Oh, so then mine could be beautiful. They're definitely not. But I know, they are definitely not. <laughs> They're calluses and all kinds of stuff. A pedicure woman would talk very angrily in their language at you. In their language. Why wouldn't it be English, Jake? Because what they... What kind of generalization did you just make about pedicurists? The, the the one that's correct if you go into any nail salon. <laughs> We're going to move on from that topic. <laughs> we have any more free agency news? Um, Everyone's officially a free agent as of right now, but nothing's going to happen. Well, the people who <laughs> are free agents. So, Yasiel Puig is a free agent. I don't care. I wouldn't mind him. We, we just got rid of Calhoun so that we could open up space for Joe Adele. We don't need Yasiel Puig. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I think Joe Adele's going to be moved up by May. I hope so. I don't think he's going to make a starting roster. He but. should be. Nah, we got up he's by good far win. the best player in the minor leagues. He's not like number three, but technically, yeah. He's Marsh is pretty good, too. Marsh? Brandon Marsh, he's one of our guys, no. too. I'm pretty sure it's the first name is Brandon. <laughs> Jared Walsh? No, I like Jared Walsh, though, too. We have another outfielder named Marsh. Yeah. I'm not looking that up. Um, but you know who I'm talking about, right? Okay, so that's just another reason we do not need to bring yeah, another... Marsh. We don't need to bring another free agent outfielder into our midst. I mean, if we get Puig for cheap, I wouldn't mind. Cole didn't even win gold glove this year. I, which that's I'm ridiculous. actually upset. Four of us were up for a gold glove, and no one won it. Trout has not won a yeah. golden glove yet in his career. I don't think he's earned it. Well, I agree with that. There are, Kevin Kiermeyer is... An insane beast in center field. Do we think that he's going to win MVP? Yes. Like Mike Trout? Yeah. I think it'll be really close, but everyone knows that if Trout would have played the whole season, his numbers still would have beat Bregman's. And Bregman is one of six insanely good hitters on that lineup, and yeah. Trout is the only one he's in our He's the most valuable one. So I think he will. But I hope so. Um. 
David Fletcher was up for one. I think I he should have won. But he played too many positions for that to. Well, I mean, that's just because he's an all round okay, guy. Okay, well, that's Utility. what happens if you play too many positions. It's hard to be qualified at one. I I can't wait for his future with us because I believe he'll be an angel for a while. I'm bummed Simmons didn't win. I understand though. He, he was a lot of time. Gone yeah. for most of the season. But he is phenomenal. But he's the fact that he misses like, did he miss like a third of the season or something like that? I don't know. Probably. It was just bad that he missed. It. Granky but won his sixth straight. I ag- I agree though. Granky's a very good defensive pitcher. It's funny that he won the National League Gold Glove for <laughs> pitcher, even though he spent the last like. Oh, month I didn't even think about that. Astros. Yeah, that's but funny. Apparently, there's like a game, a number of games mm. minimum that. What if you won both? I don't know how that would work. You couldn't. I'm pretty sure the minimum <laughs> is more than half. Wouldn't that be wild though if you won both? It's but did you know it's possible to win rookie of the year multiple times? Because you're still considered a rookie if oh. you play less than a certain number of games. But if you play so well, like Garrett Anderson was in rookie of the year voting two years in a row. That's wild. Yeah, in like ninety five, ninety six. Huh. huh, that's cool. He didn't win either time, but yeah. That's a thing I can look up. I did not know that. It's just because what it's like 162. Like once you hit that, you're no longer a rookie. No, I'm not sure what the rules are, I don't and think they it's might have changed recently. How many games are in a season? Is it 162? Yeah. Cool. I didn't just make that up. Good job. <coughs> I wonder if it shows. What else? What else we got? Um. Dang, uh, we need a catcher. What? Oh, yeah. I was like. Yasiel Grande is a free agent, and I wouldn't mind him. What was that? Yasiel Grande. That's not right. What is it? Yasmani <laughs> Grandal. Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. Yasmani Grandel. Yasmani Grandal. Well, let's give him some Yasmani. <laughs> I mean, he's fine. Yeah, I think Just he's give good. me Martin Maldonado back. I would like that. Is he a free agent? That's all I want. I don't know. We traded him away. <laughs> trade what do we back. have to trade? I don't. Tyler Ward? <laughs> Taylor Ward? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because you don't know his name. I didn't know Brandon Marsh's name. Does that make Oh, actually, I would give away um, Hermosillo. What, what's our guy? Hermosillo? Michael Hermosillo. Yes, I would give him away in an instant. I despise him. Michael Hermosillo. Why would you? Why? He's my least favorite player on our team. you? I just don't think he's good. That's rude. <laughs> I just don't think he's good. I think he's well. Let me clarify that. Michael, I think you're. I think he's adequate. yeah. I think he's a great player. He's a professional athlete. Congratulations to him. But I just don't think that he fits the angel. So I was trying to look up the rookie of the year voting stuff. So I'm on Baseball Reference, and then I clicked rookie of the year, and then I clicked a year, and then it showed like 1996 awards, and then it listed <laughs> the names on the list that I read without looking at it closely at all said Juan Gonzalez Alex Rodriguez Albert Bell Ken Griffey Jr. Mo Vaughn Rafael Palmero Mark McGuire I said wait a minute those guys were not all up for rookie of the same year and it's AL MVP voting and that was that so I screwed that up yeah I was like those are big names yeah rookie of the year 1996 Derek Jeter oh jeez it was that long ago yep I like Derek Jeter that's probably the only Yankee I like (laughs) fourth Tied for fourth place that year was a guy named Rocky Coppinger. That's Good name. Fun. Now I gotta find Garrett Anderson. It had to be earlier then. I won. <coughs> it doesn't matter. None of the people listening care Chandler about Derek, Garrett Anderson's rookie yeah. year voting. 
1990, whenever. He was second in 1995 to Marty Cordova of the Twins. And he beat out Andy Pettit and Troy Percival. We had two guys in the top four. Do you think anyone's going to have a farewell tour like Derek Jeter? I mean, Rivera kind of did. He was, like, gifted by every stadium and stuff? Yeah. Huh, I didn't know that. Do you think, like, Pulos will be? Yeah, if he announces it before. I don't see... I don't see Pujols doing that. I don't know. Because he's humble enough to like not want that attention every yeah. single time that he goes. But he is also savvy enough to know that people would want to celebrate him and he wouldn't want to like not give people that opportunity because that's also kind of selfish to not let people celebrate, celebrate you yeah. when they want to celebrate you. So Maybe he'll wake up one day and just say, oh, I don't want to play anymore. I think that would solve a lot of people's problems. <laughs> It would really solve surprise for us if he woke up tomorrow and decided that. Albert, we love you. Yeah, he's like a great, great guy. Things, but, you know, we could really we, use the $25 million towards something we else. We heard him yeah. speak, and it was really powerful and nice. He's a very interesting man, and I wish him the best. Just, yeah. I heard he's really uh, a good guy. If it's time to move on, it's time to move on. Yeah, Albert, move on. But we love you. So, I mean, if, if you really don't want to, it's okay, but... It, Move on. It's time to retire. You've had a fantastic career. Arguably one of the best hitters of all time. Do we have anything else that we care to talk about? Uh, I was going to mention Vinatieri. Like, was great last week, and then he blew oh, an easy kick. Yeah. But he well, just, laces out, man. I I mean, can't kick laces. I didn't see the play very closely, but had to kick also, laces. Somebody also said that he kicked his foot in the ground right before he got. He to does the that ball. all the time. Okay. Does it all the time. Pat McAfee defended the bat. Pat McAfee said that a lot of people do that, especially against the wind. Well, it's like like chip it. So, um, the Lakers are on a five-game winning streak. True. Even we, though they should not have beat Dallas. Doesn't matter. We still did. We look great. <sighs> I decided. I didn't watch. I only watched the end of the Dallas game because you guys would just not shut up about it while I was. <laughs> Watching the football game. Kyle yelling was so funny to me. We were okay. We're sitting in the stands watching a football game, and the stands are packed because it's a was this game. Sa- Friday? Friday night. Friday, yeah. And I had recorded the Laker game because I was going to go home and watch it afterwards. And Jake's watching it on his phone, and so I'm like, "Shut up," because I'm watching it later. But like, they tie and go to overtime, so they're they're freaking out because the. Because Danny Green hits the shot. And mm-hmm. so the game's going on in front of us. And then these two just scream at the top <laughs> of their lungs. No one looked. Everyone was the one looked. that screamed. Okay. I did not. You I said, made yeah. noises. I said, yeah. You were also loud. But literally like 30 people around us were like, what happened? But like didn't ask. They just turned like, yeah. what are these idiots doing? And I was like, oh my gosh. Get so it ruined it for you then. Well, yeah, I had to watch it at that point because yeah. they just kept like, even though they were behind me, so I couldn't look at it. Yeah, they were we, still talking the whole time. We tried not to, but which was un- like it's fine. It happened. I'm not a, I'm not a game Nazi. We're we're very excited, and we should be. We look great, and our bicycle is rolling, and it's doing great. We're not gonna do that again. <laughs> that was so good though. But know. we're playing great. We play the Bulls tonight, and I think it'd be a good game. I think we're gonna win, but we better. Chicago's garbage. That's not true, I don't think. I'm thinking Miami. You're right. Yeah. Name three people in Chicago. 
That's what I thought. Hero. No, he's on Miami. I yeah, I don't know anyone in Chicago. Maybe Hassan Whiteside. I don't know. Nope, he's on Portland now. Oh, good for him. Um, <laughs> good for my fantasy team. Is he playing well? Yeah. We have a twin. Oh, Zach Levine. Yeah. Zach Levine's good. I know. Okay. Who else? <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. So. I'm now looking at the roster. Maybe? Question mark? So, yes, win? we should definitely win tonight because Chicago is hot garbage. And we are not. We have a 70% chance of winning. 70.4. ESPN. Are, who comes up with that? What? How, how do you get a percentage on something like that? That means they expect yeah. that if we played that game ten times, Chicago would win it three times, which seems ridiculous. It does. Chicago should not win three out of ten games in this series against us. Roster. You can't really. You couldn't just type in Bulls roster. I'm on ESPN, man. Chill. Uh, that's why you just do Basketball Reference, and then it's super easy. Oh, that's the wrong year. <laughs> oh yeah, super easy. Okay, two clicks of a button. Boom. 1920 Chicago Bulls roster. Denzel Valentine. I already got He's it. decent. Chris Dunn. I do like Laurie Markinen. And I forgot they got Otto Porter. And Wendell Carter Jr. from Duke. And Kobe White from North Carolina. Okay. They got good young players. Just not good team. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're 2-5. and five. If they were like... This was like a college reunion game. Because <laughs> look, their players... Michigan State, Providence, Arizona, Georgetown, Duke, UCLA, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Villanova, Vanderbilt. Like Those are all good... College basketball schools. We are uh, the number one team, though. What does that mean? We're number one in standings. Everyone's lost now? Did Minnesota finally lose? Yeah. Uh, well, the last undefeated team was Philadelphia. But in the West, we're number one. Yeah, the only team with less than two losses. The Clippers and Suns. Yeah, everyone's lost now. Philly lost last night. Dang, Minnesota lost twice after starting 4-0. Miami is playing well. This is why our podcast goes on forever, because we just do that. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, we're we're going to move on, unless you have something super, no. like, yeah. I was done. trying to think of the Don't word Milwaukee. Don't anything good to say about hockey. But Milwaukee. Andre Drummond's averaging 19 rebounds. That's what? Insane. Averaging 19 rebounds. <laughs> Milwaukee is Jeez. shortened M-I-L, and I was trying to think of what city it was, because I just couldn't think of Milwaukee. And I was like, Malaysia? Oh. The Malaysian Bucks? Yeah, I don't think that's no. in the United States. Just previewed MIL. What am I supposed to say about this? Not good. Phoenix is 5-2. and two. It's like he doesn't listen to me. We're moving on. Got it. All right. Let's go. No, I meant that I also said that. I did not hear that. I'm sorry. You're good. No, because now that I looked at this Drummond thing, I want to see how many rebounds he's gotten in each game. Probably he's gotten 19. 23, 12, 12, 18, 22, 24, 20, 24. That's a lot. That's already over 100. Yeah. Good quick math. Yeah. That's an insane. His last four games, 22, 24, 20, 24. That's crazy. It's pretty decent. I wouldn't mind him. What what position does he play? Center. Ah, no, we're good. (laughs) You don't want. You'd rather have a bicycle, not a tricycle? Demarcus Cousins will be back. No. We got Boogie. No, no Demarcus Cousins. That is not helpful. Yeah, yeah it he is. He is no Andre Drummond. Combined, our three centers can do that. With their powers combined, they become Andre Drummond. See. It's okay, but if like Double. 
Who's the worst team in the league right now, probably? Uh, I would probably say... I closed that window because we're supposed to move on. Well, you made me start thinking. Nope, too bad. So New Orleans. So if New Orleans was to combine their entire team, would they make one Anthony Davis? No. Okay, go on. Actually, um, what's his name? Uh, Ingram had a 40-point game yesterday. I was starting to watch that game. Yep. Are we going to that game? No. Darn. So I got a phone call from the Clippers on Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. I got a call on Wednesday from somebody in their sales. To They called my number here at the church, mm-hmm. which is a terrible idea. But the good because didn't my, even know you my, had that. My phone's up in my office, so my phone just sits there blinking when I get a message. I'm never in my office, so that's not I've helpful. Nev- <laughs> yeah. I've been in his office probably more than he has in the last year, and I I've never seen him physically in his office. <laughs> I've been up there alone. I used to, I used to, but it's lonely, um, and it's far. Yeah, the like suggestion of doing this show up in the office. Do you not? We'd have to carry all this stuff up there. Literally, what is hard to carry? The fact that it's <laughs> how far it is. That doesn't matter. It's not terrible. It's super to go up the steps that are pitch black sometimes. That was scary that one day. <laughs> yeah, almost died. Anyway, so I get a call. <laughs> it goes to my phone. Luckily, the system is set up so that if I get a voicemail. It sends me an email, and the email yeah. has the voicemail in the email. Oh, that's with, cool. Yeah, technology. So I listen to it, and the Clippers, <laughs> right now, the Clippers are doing a faith and family night on Sunday the 24th. Really? Yeah. And it's against the Pelicans. And so he was like, yeah, we can do groups and blah, blah, blah. Just give me a call back. So I called him, but he didn't pick up, so I left a voicemail. So then he called me yesterday. And so we were talking about it, and he's like, yeah, so we can, depending how many people you have, like, there's an opportunity for, like, younger kids to go be anthem buddies to be on the court and, like, stand with the players. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. But they have to be between 7 and 12 years old, which we have enough, there's enough kids here that that would be doable. But you need at least, you need at least 50 people to go to the game total for however many number of kids to be able to go onto the floor and do that. So you need one like adult per kid. Is that what I'm saying? More than that, because I don't know how many kids would be able to be on the court. Probably, I mean, okay. maximum 24. If there's 12, I don't know. Yeah. So, but they just you, there has to be a lot of tickets in order for like a small group of people to be able to get this cool perk. The other perk was for 25 people to be able to go on the court of any age and create a fan tunnel and do the high fives when the players come out and high five the players. That'd be dope, yeah. right? Guess how many tickets? Actually, no, I wouldn't want to hype up any of them. Oh, my gosh. 100. 75. Oh. That's not so you have to buy 75 tickets to yeah. get that. Oh, that's a lot of money that we don't have. <laughs> actually. You're telling me. <laughs> actually, somebody in this room. Um, so so we were talking about it, and I was like, all right, well, that's – and I kept asking about a price. And he kept being like, well, it's not about the price. It's about like making sure you have enough tickets. Like, I understand, but the tickets are going to cost money. How much are the tickets going to cost, guy? And he said, well, the Pelicans one is $49. Oh, no. Well, I see where this is that's going. Be, that's going to be a hard convincing to yeah. get. <laughs> Those are the cheapest ones were 49 
And I was like, man. So, so he was like, so what do you, what more information do you need for, to be the next like step? I need you to cut that price in half. Um, so we'll see. I mean, 49, to be able to do that and against the Pelicans, I mean, there's no, still won't be any Zion, but. I, mean, I, I would probably go, but I don't know if I can. I would, I, I mean, know. I would do that, but I don't know how many people in the yeah, church that's community my are going to be like, yeah, let's go take our family of four and spend $200 to yeah. go to this game. Yeah. So that, that's kind of steep. So I was like, well, 49 is kind of high. Like, what's in the, He's like, yeah, we have other games. There's a game against, what did he say? I forgot what a couple of the other options were. He's like, but some of the games, it's like $33. I mean, yeah, that's better, but it's, yeah. like, it's not like going to an Angel game for 10 bucks, which yeah. I don't expect that. NBA is completely different. But So there is an opportunity still, but I'm not sure that's going to play out. Unlikely, probably. Yeah. Oh, well. So that was that. I have a quick question that has nothing to do with anything. How do you figure out a grade? It's so it's what I got divided by total point. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I get? I, yeah. I just got, I just got um, a grade back for my last essay. Would you like me or Kyle to calculate it? For no, you? I I have a calculator right here. I know, but we can think faster than you can type. <laughs> oh, that wasn't right. Um. You especially. I got a one sixty out of two hundred. That's eighty percent. That's a B. That's, yeah. That's dope. That's all I need. You had one essay that was worth 200 points? Yeah. All we have to do in, or the, in this class, the main things are two essays. Well, he did a new... Oh, my. What is this? <laughs> he did a new format of grading. Grade check with Jake. He did a new format of grading. He graded my paper a lot. But okay, are you going to talk into the microphone or can we move on? Sorry, I'm trying to read. Why are you doing that now? Because the, I just got it now. I got excited. It's a good grade. <laughs> We have different definitions of. Uh, it's a passing grade that will get me happiness. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that, that's fine. I'm happy. Are you judging my if, happiness? No, I'm very happy. If you are happy, if that is a grade that you were seeking to achieve and you acquired it, then I'm happy for you. Well, let's just find out if this. I probably wouldn't have gotten to be on that essay, so. Oh, it was not an easy essay. See. Oh, I don't have a great grade in class though, but oh well. What? Yeah, I I take really bad quizzes. Quizzes are a lot in that class, too. But the teacher really likes me, and I normally get extra credit towards the end of the year. Why are you not doing well on quizzes? Because quizzes are tough for me. Quizzes and tests are tough for me. Essays aren't. Yes, they are. They're all bad. <laughs> but my, es- my essays this year have been pretty good. I've gotten an A and a B now. So school is not your thing? Not at all. <laughs> Nothing really is. <laughs> Nothing. Um, yeah, that part... That discussion was pre-recording, although I was recording that, but it, I did no. the pre-record thing. <laughs> that was very so that wasn't on there? Or? I mean, it wasn't on this recording, but I've started doing a thing where as soon as I get this hooked up, I press record, and it just records everything that we're doing pre-show, and then I stop the recording before we do the actual recording. Maybe one day, maybe oh. for Thanksgiving, we'll put them all together, and you'll, you can hear... That'd be interesting. Just a compilation of interesting things we used to beforehand. I, I probably that. shouldn't have done that because that was about my whole life <laughs> out <laughs> as I cry. There was no crying involved earlier. There's a fly next to my ear and I'm yeah. going insane. <laughs> it's been, I've been watching it for most of us yeah. sitting here. Oh man, it's not going well. So Kyle is a Chargers fan, as discussed earlier. 
we're going to try to have the rest of this podcast despite the fact that this fly is going to be in and out of what we're doing. Um, how did you become a Chargers fan? Um, it was like 2006-ish when LT had that hmm. MVP year. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't because of that. It was because I... No one in my family really grew up watching sports that much. Yeah. And so I was... I don't even know how old I was, like 11-ish, 11, 12. And I just like was like, I kind of like football. And so I just started looking at the teams, and the Chargers had the coolest jerseys. And so I was like, that's pretty sick. And so I just started following the Chargers since then. That's a good kid reason to like something. Yeah, it was awesome. I and mean, those, the baby blue Chargers jerseys are the best jerseys. Yeah, I do the really like those. And I have a LaDainian Tomlinson baby blue jersey. Oh, I yeah. know that. Yeah. So that happened in like 2006, end of 2006 maybe, beginning of 2007, somewhere somewhere around there. Um, and then I just said, you know, this is my team, and uh, <laughs> followed them ever since. Just gonged my hydro flask on my chair. As loud as possible. I think it's really funny that Kyle's a Chargers fan because his older brother Michael is a Falcons fan, and his oh. younger brother Evan is a Vikings fan. Oh. And riddle me how all three of you That's became funny. different. You know, I still don't know how Michael's a Falcon fan. It makes no sense, and I don't know if he <laughs> has a reason. color red? <laughs> I don't even know. I really don't. I think he just picked them one day. And, and then Evan, I know some of our family's from Minnesota, and so they're Viking fans. And I don't know if that influenced him. I have a terrific song for you to hear later. San Diego Superchargers. No, no, I mean there's that. That's a terrible. Song. As soon as we get, as soon as we get that headphone amplifier in here, so everyone can be on headphones, we are going to incorporate so much other media. Because I would have been bam, San Diego Superchargers. That's a great song. Um, yeah, no, I have. There's a song that came on my Spotify playlist a couple of days ago called "I'm from Minnesota." And that's phenomenal. <laughs> it's really dumb, and that's why it's great. So, greatest Chargers memory. Well, there's not a lot from uh, <laughs> not no. from my era here. Because I watched them when they were in the Super Bowl, because that, that was the first Super Bowl I ever watched, was yeah. against the Niners. Freaking Natron Means and Stan Humphreys and Junior Seau. It wasn't a fair game though. They had a didn't have Joe Montana, that wasn't a Jerry fair Rice game because the Niners were freaking insanely yeah. good. No, that uh, was Steve Young. Oh, uh, there you go. Montana was on the Chiefs. By Still, then. yeah. Still, <laughs> yeah. Other Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I mean, I I loved watching LT. Yeah. Although, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the back half of his, of his career, but uh, even then, he was really fun to watch every time. Um. So the end of 2006 when he got like 31 total touchdowns, everything. I was 12, so I mean I wasn't super invested, but I was like, wow, this guy's really good. Yep. Um, you know, it's really disappointing being a Charger fan a lot because they always have most of the time have really good rosters, and then they just go four and 12, and <laughs> you're just left confused. Um, Honestly, or they go 12 and 4 and just get wiped out in the first round of the playoffs. No, they beat the Baltimore Ravens and then lost to the Patriots. Um, I guess they, they've made the conference championship game like twice. Uh, they lost to the Jets. Oof. I watched that. Was it Mark Sanchez? Yeah, that was a Mark Sanchez oh, one, man. I'm pretty sure. But that wasn't, I mean, the Jets haven't made a Super Bowl, so that wasn't. Oh, maybe not then. But I've also really enjoyed, I mean, people. Hate Philip Rivers a lot. 
and it's easy to think that way when you're looking from the outside um, because he looks very, like, cocky and conceited and not a good sport. Um, uh, hold that thought. Work calling me real quick. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> yes, we had a real – that was the first time we've had a real interruption in the middle of a thing. My mom's called me several times. I just always deny her You calls. should just have the conversation with your mom. Definitely not. I mean, I feel like most of the conversations with your mom are just like, yeah, I'll do the leaves later. Oh, God, the leaves. <laughs> yeah. Jake's really – Jake has a grudge against the leaves. They made him miss ah. coming to play disc golf with us yesterday. So that was Did you get called him to work? No, I, I should Why would you ask him that oh. before he got back on the mic? Yeah, that's a good point. True. Let's try it again. <laughs> All right. Did you, did you uh, get called him to work? No, actually, uh, my work just called and said I'm not coming to work tonight. So, oh man, this can go for hours. Yeah, so I'm I'm free now. Um, nice. Is that like is that a good thing that they? What does that mean that you don't? Like, uh, you're scheduled. So my yeah my you? well my partner couldn't show up for some reason, and so they didn't have a partner to be with me, so they I can't go by myself. So they oh said, so are you still under like surveillance then? Uh, probation. Yes. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, like you wanted the kids on Halloween to be under surveillance. <laughs> Kyle's on surveillance. Under, under surveillance. Uh, yeah. It's a three-month probation, but I off probation on November twelfth, so in a couple days. But, um, yeah. I don't know where we were. So what's, I funny, what's funny is nobody listening knows what you do. Not yet. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, I, that's so, true. I forgot. So that's really shady. But we're just gonna leave them with that and revisit yeah, that yeah. later. We'll get to we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, Keep you guys wondering. So the Chargers FBI. won the division four years in a row, right, right when you like started right. watching. Right, they were really good, but they always lost in the playoffs. Well, so they lost, yeah, they lost in the divisional round. So that the second round three times, but the time they did make the conference championship, they lost to the undefeated Patriots. That's right. Then they so, went to Super Bowl. I can't. No, they didn't. The Jets beat them. Nope, not Jets. Giants. Giants. New York, New York. You know, you I got, got there. Good job. Oh, but I will say um, one of the, my best memories was going to my first Charger game in San Diego at Qualcomm. What were, what year was it? It was like 2000. It was the year where, I don't remember the year, they were playing the Broncos, and it got pushed back to primetime the last game of the season because the winner of that won the division and went to the playoffs. Oh, wow. um, and LT scored three touchdowns, oh, and geez. they won like 59-21 to 21 or something. It was like or something crazy like that. It was my first game. And it was like, it was, I, that, I'll never forget that. Because it was my family, me and my dad and my two brothers went there early because it was like a 1 o'clock game. But then we didn't know it got pushed back, so we showed up at like oh, 10. How, oh, gosh. Yeah. So, well, because we all knew. Like, I this yeah. was like a year <laughs> after. So, so I was like, oh, let's go. So we got there at 10 because we were going to tailgate and everything. And then we're like, we kind of looked around. And people were walking around in Charger jerseys, but like we couldn't get in the stadium. And we're like, what's going on? So I like looked it up and I was like, why is the game at 5:25? I didn't know they could do that back then. Like yeah. I, was, I was not aware. So then we just hung out in San Diego for like five hours. It was really cool with my brothers and dad. And then, there are worse places to be to waste time. Yeah, than yeah. San Diego. So it was really fun. And then we got to watch that game and it was the first time seeing LT play live and Philip and everything, and it was really cool. Um, so I won't forget that moment. But um, they haven't had much success, honestly. Um, Deep in playoff runs, really, or anything. Um, last year was 
an exciting year, but uh, we got stomped by the Patriots, and so in the divisional round, I think, yeah. So, I mean, being a Chargers fan, the other 11 people that are out there know that you just kind of go with it and try to have fun on the good moments because there's not a lot sometimes, and uh, I don't know. I still think they can make the playoffs this year because. Well, they were they were four and eight that year. And then won four games in a row. And I remember so, yeah. I was watching a game at home, and like every, like I think seven different outcomes had to happen the week before to set up that game. And I was at home watching all the games, and I remember like the Bills like had to like win like against the Patriots or something stupid like that. Yeah. And like they pulled it off, and I was just like screaming because I was like, oh, now the game we're going to actually matters. Um, it was really cool, but. 52 to 21. There you go. Yeah, it was a great game. My first NFL game was. A Chargers game. It was preseason, but I went down and saw them play the Cowboys. And it was, I liked the stadium. A lot of people don't, but I liked it. Yeah. I like all the flags. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, they don't really have home field advantage anywhere, but no. we've been over that. So it's it's whatever. You get used to it as a Charger fan going to games like you feel like you're away. But one stadium I would never go to is uh, Raiders Stadium. Black hole, like as a Charger fan, um, I don't think I'd walk away from there. So, no, probably not. But they're moving, so it's okay. Yikes. But yeah, I think uh, one of my, besides LT, my favorite all-time player. I think uh, I I love Eric Weddle. That yeah. guy, he's a character and he's a beast on the field. Um, I got to touch his beard. <laughs> what? Yeah. So here's a story. So when I went to, they were in San Diego still. And it was the, it was the last game. They're playing the Dolphins. Uh, it was like the last season. It was the last season Eric Weddle was on the Chargers, so a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was his last game at Qualcomm. And so I we got like front seats in the front. Uh, my dad and my two brothers, and we sat there. And then after the game, some of the players come out and sign things. Yeah. So um, we got Adrian Phillips. Autograph. I don't know if he's a safety. He's hurt. Anyway, but um, got Mike McCoy's signature. That's uh, that's <laughs> not, not valuable. Uh, but Eric Weddle came out and he was taking pictures with every single person. And he came up, finally came up to us. And the guy before us was like, he's like, hey, hey Eric Weddle. He's like, can I can I touch your beard? And Eric's like, yeah, sure, go for it. And then like, that's so like so everyone weird. around him just got to touch his beard, like that <laughs> that huge beard, and. Uh, that is not a question <laughs> I would think to ask. Well, that there you go. Now, That's trivia. Now if I ever see him, I'm I'm gonna ask. Yeah, I think he shaved it, but I mean, well, he's local again. Yeah, he's he's with the Rams, so. But yeah, I like him and Philip are probably my two other favorite players for the Chargers. So. That's all you need to know about me and the Chargers. <laughs> there, I touched Eric Weddle's beard. That's that's pretty great. I've. I've never been that intimate with another <laughs> with a professional athlete. So. I was concerned of what you heard to say with that one. <laughs> You're also an Angels fan. That is correct. Um, Go Halos. Been an Angel fan before I was a Charger fan um, because my grandpa loved the Angels growing up, but everyone else on his side of the family liked the Dodgers, so I think he just picked the Angels to like in spite of that. Um, That's a great reason. Yeah, so. That. He always, like, he was a big Angel fan, so we just naturally became Angel fans. Um, so I watched their 2002 World Series win. Um, I remember watching the fly ball to right right field last Spezio. out. 
Oh, no, Erstead caught the last one. Yeah, so I remember that. I still remember watching on TV. That was awesome. Um, similar to the Chargers, Angel fans uh, don't have a lot to get excited about a lot of the time because they just, can't Just seem having the best player. Yep. I mean, I'm so thankful we have him because it's actually fun to watch even though they're yeah. garbage sometimes. But um, if we could find someone that could throw a baseball. Um, and Somebody who doesn't get hurt or die. Yeah. During the course of the season. That would be good. Now you brought it back up. So, been an Angel fan. Um, love Mike Trout. Um, I really liked Mike Sosha. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like him, but well, I guess later, but I thought he was a good manager. Um, I like I mean, Jared Weaver good. a lot. Jared Weaver was a uh, class act, I think, and really good on the field. Long Beach State alum. Yeah. Um, I love Darren Erstad. Um, David Eckstein, I don't know. He was I I liked him because he was so fast. I don't know. I just thought that was very intriguing Little. to watch. He couldn't hit the ball for his life, but uh, like Peter Borges. Yeah, he kind of was like that. So, um, Borges, Borges. so my obviously my favorite memory of the Angels is them winning World Series, even though I was seven years old. But um, <laughs> I watched it like I actually remember it, which is crazy. Um, I barely remember it. I was a junior in high school. Yeah, but it was a great game. Um, ever since. I watch them every year. I try to watch as many games as I can. Uh, I go to you're some at, games. You were at a good number of games this year. Yeah, I think it was the most I've ever been at. I think I went to like six games or something. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, really into like uh, like scouting and, and stuff like that. Some So I like keeping up with the minor leagues and seeing what the prospects are. Like uh, our boy Marsh over there uh, is doing. But... It's been good being an Angel fan. I mean, I think if we sign two starting pitchers, either Strasburg or Cole, and then one other lower tier one like uh, Kyle Gibson or something, that we could be okay. Maybe Jake Odorzy, but uh, I don't know if we'll get all those. But if we can get two starting pitchers. This guy has a whole like scouting report. Who's, oh, I think I Madison know who Bumgarner. Kyle Gibson is. He played for the Twins. Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, man, that'd be dope. And expensive. Uh, pay the bum. Yeah, but I I don't know. I think they they need to. I think they need to get catcher as well. But they only have. I think they're going to be roughly at like 130 million to start, like right now. And so they haven't spent over 170 million, I think, in a while. So that gives them a 40 million if the unless Art Moreno goes over the top. But I mean, Garrett Cole's in cost you 35 million a year probably. So. Uh, so we already are paying somebody that much. Yep. So huh. it will be interesting. I think though, like with the prospects coming up, like I think we're we're good on the fielding side, maybe catcher, but um, starting pitching and maybe one one new reliever is probably what we're gonna need. But Pujols is making twenty eight million. Yeah, I know. That's why. How long do we have Hansel Rhodes for? <laughs> say say his name again. Hansel Rhodes. Robles. Same thing. Um, good question. Because I honestly mm. didn't know we had him until the start of last season. Well, I didn't remember the signing. I mean, yeah. I didn't know who he was before we got him. Yeah. And then we got him, and he's a beast. And he is signed well it says he signed through 2019 which doesn't it's probably sense. he might be on arbitration actually yeah 
But because it says earliest arbitration eligible is next year, and earliest free agent is 22. Yeah. What is arbitration? Is like the we have the like, how do you explain it? It's kind of like the franchise tag, right? Mm, well, it's like you can you look at your current contract and based on your performance and based on the contracts of other people that have similar stats as you, your contract can be renegotiated in a certain way. Mm. So likely to increase. Um, and that's there's an arbitrator that comes in and determines that, who says, based on all this information, this is roughly the contract that you should have. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not super familiar with it, but that the player submits after all those everything taking account submits how much they think they should be paid for this next year or whatever, and the team submits what they think they should be paid, and the arbitrator comes in and determines which one seems more fair, and it's like an all or nothing thing. So the arbitrator will just pick one or the other. It's not an average. So if you're a player, you don't want to say it too high because then the team will lowball you, and then you'll probably get the team's pick. Yeah. So they try to keep it competitive that way. That's my understanding of it. If the club and player have not agreed on a salary by a deadline in mid-January, the club and player must exchange salary figures for the upcoming season. Unsurprisingly, the club files a lower number than the player does. After the figures are exchanged, a hearing is scheduled in February. If no one-year or multi-year settlement can be reached by the hearing date, the case is brought before a panel of arbitrators. After hearing arguments from both sides, the panel selects either the salary figure of either the player or the club, but not one in between, as the player's salary for the upcoming season. That's crazy. Wow. I think I that's what we're doing with this year. Uh, yeah, pretty I'm good impressed. Good job. But, <laughs> but it's either one or the other. Right? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, he said it. Oh, I, I think that's what we're doing with LaSalle this year. I think I'm, we only signed him for a year, and then we have the option to do this, I think. Once a player becomes eligible for salary arbitration, he is eligible each offseason until he reaches six years of major league service. Oh, wow. Arbitration is something that only happens around the years two and three. It goes from there. Interesting. Example, following the 2015 season, Angels outfielder Cole Calhoun had two years and 130 days of major league service. That landed Calhoun directly on that offseason's cutoff date for arbitration eligibility. Mm. So he did that. That's really funny that they're that the official MLB.com definition of salary arbitration included Cole as its example. <coughs> oh, Cole. R.I.P. He didn't die. Just he died through our team. I mean, yeah. Unless he somehow comes back. Nope. Yeah. But. So that's my angel experience. I mean, it's probably pretty similar to everyone else's in here. Uh, somewhat. Yep, we've been through a lot. Yeah. More rough. downs more downs lately than ups. Haven't won in a while. Yeah. Still love them. I think I agree with Cody, though. If, if it was Cody saying this on the podcast, saying uh, 2021 playoffs. I forget what year. Something. I don't, think, I don't know. This year will be iffy, but I think by 2021, hopefully, we'll be in there. Um, we'll I'm see. E- I'm ecstatic about Joe Madden. Yeah, it's good, good manager, so that'll be good. And then what else do we have? What, are we just going by the sports? <laughs> I, sure. I don't know how this goes. I mean, yeah. Really quick, because we mean, we've been on this yeah, we got for a long time. <laughs> again, it happened again. I'll just go real quick, because I don't have much to say about basketball. Lakers fan, I've been a Lakers fan 
since I was younger. Loved watching him win the championships. I was a fan of Derek Fisher when he went to Golden State. I mean, went yeah. to Thunder. Oh, no. The Thunder. Oklahoma First? State. No. No, no, no. Later. I'm talking – yeah, no. When he came back to the Lakers, yeah. I was a fan. Then when he went to the Oklahoma City Thunder, I kind of liked them a little bit, but I was still a Lakers fan. Then he retired, and I don't really agree with where the Lakers are going with their franchise, and so I don't really watch very much, and I don't have time, but I do like the Lakers. Don't really like LeBron James. Didn't think we should sign him. Our salad crap's all screwed up. Then we traded our whole future for Anthony Davis, who might leave next year to Chicago. So if that happens, <laughs> we are done, and our all our young core is gone. But good for them if they win this year. I'm happy for them. I'm a fan, but... Uh, not super happy with where they're going. But I get fans like to win now. I just like more progressive approach to things. Uh, so that's all for the Lakers. Uh, I watched all their championships when they are like 2008, 2009, whatever, that whole almost 3P, whatever, 3P, I don't even remember. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, Derek Fisher was my guy. Stood in the corner all day, shot threes. Sounds fun. Um, I'm a Ducks fan. Uh, goodbye, Corey Perry. Thank you. Um <laughs> Uh, it, it's, I mean, still wish we had Bobby Ryan, but uh, it's oh, been good. That was a while ago. Was it 2007 we won the Stanley Cup? I should know that. I think so. Somewhere around there. I remember watching that. It was fun. Uh, hockey's probably my least sport I follow, though, but um, Ducks are looking decent this year. They were terrible last year. So we'll see where that goes. If they That's make the playoffs, I'll watch you it. Get rid of all the old guys and let young guys come in and be awesome. Yep. So it was good that uh, Corey Perry's gone, but uh, he was a good player. Uh, I think we still have Getzloff, though, right? Yeah, he yeah. just played his 1,000th career game. Ooh. So, um, yeah, like the Ducks. What else? Sport and soccer. Pretty big soccer fan. Like the Galaxy. Uh, haven't really watched since they got uh, Ibra, though, that much. I haven't seen him. I saw him live at a Clippers game, Laker game. Laker game. He was on the bench sitting there, so I saw him there, but never saw him play soccer. Um, don't really follow too much uh, European soccer. I like Everton. That's random. Uh, they had Landon Donovan. Oh. I like as a loan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. So, I don't know. I think that covers all the major sports. You know who Landon Donovan is? Oof. The only time I watch soccer is the World Cup. When Ethan comes on, he's going to want to talk about soccer a lot. Soccer's great. I yeah. guess I'll Google some names. <laughs> You're going to have to. Neymar? Neymar? He's not going to talk about Neymar. Um, he's going to talk about our national teams. Oh, you should know who Clint Dempsey is. You should know who... I mean, uh, not anymore. He's not... I mean, he'll probably talk about him because he's... Pulisic, know no, who that is. Yeah. Chris Tim Howard. He doesn't play anymore, but you should know well, who that is. He was the goalie, wasn't he? Yeah. I liked him. I was uh, the only guy in America I knew. Not the only guy in America, but the only guy on the American team. Probably talk about John Brooks or something. I, I like Harry Kane. That's not American. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I just the, name of the one soccer player I know uh, that I like. I like women's soccer a lot. I don't like men's soccer that much. Interesting. So just be prepared. He's going to come in here with a lot to talk about. Well, then I'll just talk about Alex Morgan. <laughs> That's not going to last very Yikes. long. All right, we made it. Cool. <laughs> to what? We made it to Kyle's life. Ready, go. <laughs> Is that the introduction? No.
Okay. Um, let the people. I already spilled the beans on your sibling situation, but let the people know what your family looks like, who does what, um, what growing up was like in your family, where you went to school. What yeah. Those experiences were like. Yeah, so um, my dad, he, he works for the city of Long Beach, um, public works. So he does the finances and business side there. Um, he is 60 years old. <laughs> no, we're not going to that detail. Okay. I mean, I don't think your dad's going to care. We're not going to reveal your mom's age. True. Uh, my mom is a third grade teacher at Cleveland Elementary School. Oh. Um, still working there. She's been doing that for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been... 25 years, maybe? That's a long time to have to deal with third graders day in and day out. Well, yeah. the same ones, luckily. I, I know. It'd be Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. She loves it, though. She loves teaching. Uh, always comes home with stuff to do and always on her computer looking at third grade songs, and it, I have them stuck in my head. But <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I have two brothers. Michael is my older brother. He's 26. He, I don't know if he'll ever be on this podcast, but so I don't want to spoil everything for him. But that's fine. He's um. People don't listen all the way through on any of all this stuff anyway. True. So, he's yeah. a. He just got into physical therapy school, hmm. so he's at Chapman University nice. uh, in his first semester of physical therapy school. So he's doing that, which is really cool. And then I have Evan, who's uh, 21, and he's going to LBCC. I think he had a class with you. Um, really? I believe so. Uh, he LBCC for business, and yeah, I think that that that's my family. Um, I grew up in Long Beach. Was born in Long Beach. Um, I grew up going to Grace Brethren Church of Long Beach. Uh, over down there, he gave thirty six the Elm. He gave the full official name. Is that what it still is? I mean, uh, anyway, people don't generally say the whole Grace Brethren Church of Long Beach. Oh, there you go. That's where I uh, grew up in the church there. I went there till the end of high school. Um, but before that, I grew up and went to LCS, Lakewood Christian Schools, uh, from K through 8th grade. Uh, it was a great school. I loved it there. I participated in basketball and football, flag football there. I uh, was part of a lot of different clubs. I was in drama club, but... Uh, I'm so sad that I never saw you perform. I don't know why I was in drama club. I hate being in front of people. <laughs> That's why... And yet I was in that. That's why I wish that I would have seen... Oh, man. Yeah, so I did that. Um, so then I went to Lakewood High School, and... Then went to Cal State Long Beach and graduated there with a degree in kinesiology. But backing up now, that's like, a, I guess, a general timeline of yep. where I've been. Uh, backing up to when I was younger. So, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my parents and really my whole extended family was uh, very Christ-centered. Um, and I think growing up, the older I get, the more I realize how big of an influence that had on me and how much that impacted me. Uh, and it's crazy to see because when you're younger, you don't, you just kind of assume this is normal. Like this is my life and yeah, it's your reality. So. Yeah. Um, so my entire extended family, so my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side, um, super, super close to Christ. And they, 
kind of had this trickle-down effect where they made an effort to make Christ a part of their life and a part of their kids' lives. And so my parents and his siblings. And so seeing that, it kind of came down to me too because we always would have like we always would have Christmas gatherings where our whole extended family would get together and like Thanksgiving our whole family would get together and in the summer we did we do this thing called cousins camp where it's kind of the whole family now but like the cousins would get together for like a weekend and go camp or something oh, every single year and it was all like very family oriented but it was always centered around Christ we'd always have like church services on Sundays and like people made it an effort to like they made a real effort to keep Christ involved in our lives. And to me, that's just, it was just normal. Like that, that was a thing. Um, we still do cousins camp now. It's been going on for 22 years or something. That's incredible. And now my, my oldest cousin just plans it and does it because everyone else is getting older, but it's like, but she, she took, she was in charge of it basically since it started. Hmm. And like, it's crazy. So we still have one this upcoming summer and like, we have our Thanksgiving and Christmas this summer, even though my grandma, my grandpa passed away, but my grandma's 94 and uh, not doing super well, but like she still comes to things when she can. I mean, if you're alive at 94, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's doing good for 94. Um, but basically that like shaped my, uh, my childhood is just my parents being super into Christ and keeping him at the center. And so I went to church um, since since I was a baby and then going to LCS, I think LCS like church was awesome and I made friends there. Um, but I think I made a lot more connections at LCS in terms of, uh, faith based connections. Mm. Um, so I went to K through eight and I think some about LCS that really affected me in a positive light is like, um, the base that, or the cornerstone that they put on Christ. And it wasn't, it was the people, and Jacob probably can talk about this too, or because I mean he worked there, he was part of it. But like the people that are working there, and the people that they hire, and the teachers there, and everyone there is like they have this vision, they have this goal, and the principal there like has this vision and goal that like sets kids up to be like successful uh, in the world, but not just like through worldly vision, but like through their faith and. Like, it sets them up really well by the faith base that they have. And the the teachers are very supportive, and they care about the students a lot. Um, So I think that really greatly affected me um, going to LCS and really solidified my faith um, in terms of, like, the base of of it. But then then I went to Lakewood High School, which is a public high school. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in the church. I grew up, my family always going to church. I felt like I had a really strong faith. And a lot of people were, when I was in eighth grade, were scared to go to public school because they didn't know what it was like. They didn't know how people acted, and rightfully so. I didn't really either. I was kind of in a bubble, um, like, to be honest. Like, kind of just thought the world was my world where I just, everyone was a Christian. Everyone was super nice. Everyone was there for you. And, and so I went to Lakewood High School. But I wasn't really worried because I felt like I had a good faith. Um, I went going on the mission trip in eighth grade to El Paso, Texas was really cool. And I think that really, that really encouraged me and solidified my faith in, in loving other people because I always, I think I love helping people, but I think seeing like a positive impact that I directly had on someone 
was like really cool to see in eighth grade. Like see that people actually appreciated me doing something for them. Do you still remember details from that trip? Like do you have an example of that that you remember? Yeah. So I remember we were at this kind of this playground thing and we did like it was like a Bible study, like um, kind of like worship thing with like younger kids and like little breakouts where you talk to kids and stuff. And I remember I remember being able to interact with these kids. I don't remember their names because uh, but, if you remember them. Yeah. But they were <laughs> like this is 10 plus years ago. Yeah. But seeing them like kind of just like attached to me in some way like saying like wow like this guy actually cares about it. like he's here and yeah. like I remember getting to play soccer with them because I was, I love soccer and really just seeing the joy on their faces and seeing me be, then be able to talk to them about Jesus and like them be interested was really cool and like it was like they wanted me to be there because they enjoyed me being around yeah. and like I was had positive influence on them and I think I mean I won't uh, we'll fast forward in a second, but I think that's why I enjoy working with kids so much now is because that was one of the experiences. I was like, wow, like kids like enjoy me around and like that. It's awesome that I can like show God's love to these kids. Um, so I think that trip really solidified my faith in a lot of ways, which I think was important for me because it wasn't like, oh, everyone's setting everything up for you. You're you're just a Christian, and this is how you're going to be. Everything's set up for you. It's kind of like, wow, you actually have your own voice. You actually can make an impact on other people. Yeah. And I think that was important. So then when I went to high school, I wasn't I wasn't scared like a lot like a lot of people were, like, oh, I'm going to lose my faith, or like people are going to be mean to me. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to go in there and and just love people and see what see what happens. And you know, coming from a smaller Christian school and going to a school of like almost 5,000 kids is a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got into the Merit Scholars Program. So I'm from Long Beach, so my home school was Poly, but I didn't want to go there. And so I got, I think I, I guess I had a good enough grades or something, I don't remember, to get into the Merit Scholars Program at Lakewood High School. So I got to go into there. Um, and I loved it in there. I learned a lot. Why didn't you want to go to Poly? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, like, would you have been in pace? I imagine you. Would I I think I got into pace. Yeah. No. Um. I think part of it, pace seemed very hard, and when I was young, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that pressure. I think, yeah. but also I, I really wanted to play soccer, and. Lakewood had a slightly, because Poly soccer team, at least at the time, I don't know how they are now, was not good. Um, And I wanted to play soccer, and I wanted to be, I mean, this might sound kind of bad, I wanted to be in the area of, like, LCS or, like, that type of area. I didn't really want to be in downtown Long Beach and um, that environment. I mean, as a middle schooler, I don't know. I just (laughs) didn't want, I didn't didn't put too much thought into it, but I didn't really want to go there. I also got into Millican, the, the Quest. Quest program. I almost went there, kind of, but I, I, Michael went to Lakewood and he liked it, so I was like, I just want to go to my Lakewood because my brother went there and he yeah. liked it. So I went to Lakewood. Um, it was a definite change in terms of like atmosphere. Like there are people just walking around cussing all the time. There were like people, you know, doing not so great things all the time, and you're like, like you're doing it right in front of people. Like what, like. <laughs> Like, it's just how the world is in a way, but I never had it like, oh, like, look at these people. Like, they're, yeah. they're not, 
look, they're not living right. Like I, I'm all, I'm all the hot stuff, and they're like, you know, doing the wrong things in life. I, I just viewed it as like, wow, this is a very different like experience. And so I would, I would go around like kind of. I like to observe a lot. Like I, I take in a lot. I don't talk a lot. I like to like listen and watch a lot. Contrary to what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I kind of have to. I'm on a podcast. I know, but I'm. You- you're just going, and I'm really impressed. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I mean, a lot goes on in my head. I just don't say a lot, <laughs> but there's a, my brain's always oh, I'm moving. Aware. I get that. Um, uh, now I lost where I was. Oh, so I'd go around and observe people a lot, like yeah. just see, take in like what, like what this environment's like, because I hadn't been there, and like how do I fit in in this environment? Like how am I supposed to act as um, an ambassador for Christ? Like how am I supposed to interact with these people by like being their friend and being there for them, but not like conforming to what they're doing. And I, so I would do that. And I tried out for football and soccer my freshman year. And so I did football first because that's previous season. So all summer, so I guess it's kind of rewinding again, all summer long, like we had practice and everything. Yeah. Football was tough. Um, a lot of big people. And I was, <laughs> I was not big. Um, a lot of uh, – I think that's where I really realized, too, before I even started high school, like, uh, a lot of people don't care about you. And, like, a lot of people um, – the world could kind of care less, a lot of them, if you're there or not. Or, Did you feel that more about the – other, like, your teammates or about the adults or about everybody um, or – Kind of everyone, mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, the co- I mean, the coaches cared a lot about the good players. Um, the big players that had potential, um, yeah. and it, we had 80 people on our team, That's a lot. so they're not going to be able to keep track of everyone. But um, even the players, they like the good players knew who they were, and yeah. if you weren't one of them, like they weren't necessarily directly mean to you, but they just you, they just didn't care. Yeah. And I wasn't quite used to that, and I was like, wow, I didn't even do anything. I just got <laughs> I I get killed every day in practice. Like I'm not I'm not trying to do anything wrong. Um, but yeah, so I was not big and so I got killed every day in practice. I was scout or running back. And if anyone listening knows what that is, you basically have paper as an offensive line and <laughs> a 300 pound guy. You just get smashed by the starting defensive line over and every, over. as soon as you touch the ball, you get hit. So that's what, that was my role on the team. Um, I played at free safety as well. Uh, that was better because <laughs> I just got to watch from the back, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was, it was, it was a good experience. I have a lot of fun stories from that and I learned a lot. So that was good. But when I started high school, like I was saying, is like, I didn't really know exactly where I fit in. But then I went to soccer and I think soccer was really where like it kind of clicked for me in terms of like where I fit in and like what my role is in a public high school and, and how to be an ambassador for Christ because um, I'm super competitive and I love sports and so I knew I wanted to do sports and I've played soccer my whole life so I was like I, I can do this. So being on the soccer team like I fit in because I actually was decent. I wasn't that great my first year because I took a few years off but I was decent and I could compete. You didn't have to be the biggest guy. And so I was able to compete and um, I was able to, I wasn't the most athletic person on the team because soccer players, they're really good with their feet and I'm not the best. So I was able to compete because I went to practice every day and like worked really hard, but I wasn't the most athletic on the team. So that, that caught on to the players and like they like saw that. And so I, they kind of like, it wasn't like them against me, but they kind of like 
like saw me working hard and like appreciate me and so like I became like part of like the soccer team you know yeah. you become part of the team and that was really cool because I wasn't some outsider you know Christian guy that just like doesn't know any like you know like doesn't know how to interact with the world like I was actually part of a group um that wasn't Christian at all yeah and I was able to compete and play side by side with them and that allowed me to like build this bond with these these guys that I still talk to today and and be completely open with them which is really unique and what which one of the things I think is so important about sports is like you have like that camaraderie that like you don't really get other places and people who don't necessarily play sports might not get that all the time and i think that's really important for like people to grow and develop and i think for faith too because i was able to talk to these guys about you know about christ and stuff and they knew i was a christian and they appreciated that like i went about my life living as a christian and loving god and loving them but i they appreciated i never like i never was that person to like always just tell them what they're doing wrong or like saying, hey, you're living wrong, or hey, you shouldn't be doing this all the time, or something yeah. like that. I just sat there and loved them through our sports and through mm-hmm. our games. Um, and, like, I would do things. I would go to the movies with them and just do all these things. And I was, like, part of their group, but they knew I was, like, a Christian. And so I think that was really cool for me. I was like, wow, I actually can fit in and not a Christian group and, like, interact with people, like, quote-unquote normally. Yeah. Like, not have to be like, oh, you're part of a Christian group type thing. And I think that was huge for me because um, that's not always easy for me to do. I think a lot of time, like, I like I struggle getting started with things or, like, starting things or, like, making new friends. So the fact that, like, I got into that, like, group because of sports and was able to be myself. I didn't have to be someone else yeah. in front of these guys was really cool. Um, so I think that was probably one of the biggest sports things for me that, like, has impacted my faith because I still talk to those guys and – it's really cool to have conversations with them. Um, but I went through college. That was, like, kind of the turning point where, like, wow, I can really love people in, like, a way where, like, I love them differently than other people love people. That sounds really funny. I need to clarify that. <laughs> like, I can love them the way that Christ loves them mm-hmm. and for who they are and for who Christ made them to be um, as opposed to just, like, loving them because they're good at soccer or mm-hmm. because they can perform in a certain way. Um and I think that was a turning point for me, combining that with the missions trip and saying, like, wow, like, I can make a difference in these people, like, in individual people's lives. Like, I'm not good at speaking in front of people, really. I'm not good at, like, being on stage. That I don't like talking in front of people a lot. And so, like, those mass gatherings, like, as, like, a pastor or something. Yeah. But I like to impact people on individual levels. And I learned that through sports and through high school. And so I think... Once I figured that out, freshman, sophomore year of high school, like, that's what I wanted to do all throughout high school. So I got involved in a Christian club there, and it had its ups and downs, but I was able to, like, impact people on, on a level where I saw I saw value in them when people didn't see value in them. And I think that was really cool for me to see is, like, these people, like, here, like, they need Jesus, but, like, they just need someone, they need someone to love them. They need someone to say, like, they have value um, because I saw a lot of that at Lakewood High School. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed Lakewood High School. I went there all four years, and then it was a decision for me to go to college, and so I decided I love sports, and I figured out I love helping people. So I was like, well, I know kinesiology, like, it's somewhat sports-based, and you help people from injury. And so I was yeah. like, that sounds great. 
Um, I and only the, a lot of only Cal States had that. Uh, UCs really don't have kinesiology. Really, a lot of them don't. Well, I know UCLA, uh, Cal Berkeley, and UCI didn't, but Cal State Long Beach and all of them did. And so my decision, I kind of came down to either going to UCI or Cal State Long Beach, but I decided for Cal State Long Beach because of kinesiology. Um, so I went there. I graduated high school in 2014. Yeah, 2014. Uh, went to Kines- went to Cal State Long kinesiology, and man, I loved it there. Like I loved the pretty kinesiology. Sweet campus. It's a pretty sweet yeah. situation. And so I got to go. Um, it was kind of the same thing as high school. Is like I, I'm never really the first person to speak up in classes or like interact with people. But once people start interacting with me, like I get along pretty well with a lot of people. I just like to sit there and listen to them. So they like to talk a lot. And so it's uh, it was it was pretty fun. I met so many cool people, um, and I got to do so many cool things mm-hmm. in kinesiology. And I think that's right around that time too is when I switched over from Grace Brethren, start of college to Harborough Church, mm-hmm. and I've been going there ever since. But that was like um, that was a big change in my life because it's, I've been going to church all, like, my whole life at Grace Brethren, and then I went to Arbor Road. And at the same time, my parents wanted me to, which I thought was really cool, they wanted me to dorm the first year, just see what it's like, because they want, they wanted me to see what it's like to be on your own or, yeah. Yeah. and experience the whole campus, everything. And so I thought that was cool, because I only live 15 minutes away. Hmm. So I was like, that kids don't do that. Like I'm really blessed. Yeah. Um. So I got to do that. Um. But at the same time when I did that, like that first year of college when I dormed was like, I had a really great time and I did well in school and and I learned a lot. But like at the same time, I kind of like fell away from Christ a little bit. Didn't stop going to church. Didn't um. Didn't like disown the religion or Christianity or anything. But like I stopped. I stopped kind of like loving people the way that I did in high school. I stopped um, being intentional with my relationships. I kind of just flatlined in terms of just I'm in college now, like I'm just gonna focus on my degree. And um, I didn't I didn't go to Sunday church very much. I was very focused on school and hanging out with people. Um, and I kind of like put church on the back of my mind a little bit. Um, only went occasionally. Didn't I since I graduated from or since I was in a high school group at Grace Brethren. I didn't get involved in the college group at Arbor Road. Um, I kind of felt like like I'm done with like youth men. Like I couldn't. There's nothing else for me to do. So I kind of did that for a year. Um, at the end of that year, I kind of realized like, wow, like this is not good. Like I I kind of didn't realize what was happening. But I was like, I really want to be like involved in like a community where like they feed you and like you have a community where that loves you and like can feed you so you can go out in the world yeah. and like love other people. And I didn't have that. And it was really affecting my life outside. So I made the decision. I'm, I'm going to start going actively again to Arbor road, like on Sundays. So I did that starting my sophomore year of college. And, um, like I just felt a lot happier. I felt more joyful. I felt like good again. And that's when I started, that's when it kind of remind, reminded me in eighth grade. I was like, wow, like kids kind of like me for some reason. And I don't really know why. But kids like just sometimes somehow just gravitate towards me. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm just like, okay. 
So, and I love it. I love kids. They're so fun and awesome. So I was like, you know what? Like, I've always wanted to do, like, youth ministry and stuff. So I got involved with the youth ministry at Arboro Church, and I did uh, Kid U. It was, at that time, I was first through fifth. Um, so I started that sophomore year, and my college experience got so much better after that. Like, hmm. just being able to feel like these kids are, like, so awesome, and I get to be able to just, to, like, like, just have fun with them. That, and that's always my goal, like, when I go every Wednesday, is, like, my goal is not to shove scripture to them or to, like, yeah. teach them advanced topics when they're in first grade like my goal there was just to be there and have fun and love them and just let them be wild for a little bit and i think that was so it was so much fun so sophomore year i did that and i did that for three years so i did that to when i graduated college um so i we have small groups there and so i moved up with my first graders second and then the third and then by when they're in third grade i ended up i was like kind of like not running kid you but i was on stage all the time which again i hate doing but somehow i found myself up there again Mm -hmm. so i did that all year um but it was great like the kids like just seeing them like have a great time and and being able to show that like hey like christianity is not all about like sitting here and memorizing bible verses and reciting them like it's about loving people and knowing how god loves you so you can go love other people and like that it's like a community like, our small group was a community, and, like, we just mm-hmm. had fun together. All the – not every conversation was about, like, oh, like, what does this Bible verse mean? Or, like, can you memorize this? It was like, hey, how's your week going? Like, you had soccer practice. How did it go? And, like, yeah. these kids love that. And being able to just play soccer with them and do anything, I, like, I love that so much. So I graduated college with a degree in kinesiology, um, and then I moved up to 45 at Arbor Road Church, which was um, – which is fourth and fifth graders. And so I moved up with my third graders. So then they're in fourth grade now. So then I was with them in fourth grade. Um, did the same thing. 45 is great. Hey, more freedom. Run around. Chuck dodgeballs at them. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a blast. But I think that's something that has also been hard for me in terms of like it's always hard to like love people unconditionally always. And it – I'm bad at that. Like, I'm bad at always saying, hey, like, I need to love these people. Because sometimes even the kids are just so annoying. And you're like, man, like, I just want to go home or get, yeah, you guys know. (laughs) Like, just like, you know, sometimes they don't have the greatest days or you don't have the greatest days. Um, But I've always loved that. And it's always been, like, an important thing in my life. But I kind of, so... I guess a big turn, another big turning point in my life is like after I graduated college, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I have no idea. I like sports and I love people, but I don't know what I should do. Like, and I didn't really want to do physical therapy. I learned that in college. Like it just seemed not, not engaging enough in sports, just kind of Mm. you're helping old people that fall, like be able to walk again. And that's tough for me a lot of the time because I'm like, I, it's, a, it's not really a passion of mine. And so I didn't want to do that, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I took a year off from school after I graduated to try to figure that out. And um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I couldn't get any jobs, and I couldn't find out what I was doing. So eventually I 
uh, one of my friends, one of Evan's friends, Solomon, um, said, hey, like, LCS is hiring for uh, for a PE teacher and for other mm. positions. And I was like, well, I like kids, and I don't know what else I'm doing. Like, I might as well try. So I remember talking to Jacob about it, and I applied yeah. and everything. Mm. I had a great um, interview and talked to Ms. Barton a lot, but I couldn't. And we were really upfront about it. I couldn't commit to more than a year because I wanted to go back to school. Yeah. And rightfully so, they want someone that can be there for a long time. And I was like, I, I would love to, but that I don't think I want to do this forever. Yeah. And so we were talking about other options. And she's like, well, we need, we need a coach. We need people to coach. You want to coach? And I was like, oh, I'd love to coach. Um, so I got to coach that year. And that was really cool. Um, because I loved coaching, I got to connect with a lot of kids again because they're middle schoolers. Yeah. Um, and I met my girlfriend there, so that was great. Hmm. Um, so it all worked out there. But at the time, I was so lost. I remember, I don't write journals, but I remember writing like a prayer journal, um, like right when I started coaching, hmm. because that's all I was doing. I was coaching an hour and a half a day, and that's the only job I had. It's I wasn't doing anything lot. else. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I want to yeah. do more, and I can't. So I wrote a prayer, and I was just like, like, what, like, God, what am I doing in life? Like, where do you want me to be? Like, I feel like I'm not doing anything productive. I feel like I'm, like, mm-hmm. failing in a lot of ways. I'm like, I'm not, like, I'm not where I want to be. And I remember writing that. I forgot about it. Like, I was, my intention was to write every day, but <laughs> didn't do that. Obviously, I did it once. And then... You know, then then jobs just started popping up. I started working at a golf course for eight months um, because I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I was on the fence about doing sports management and stuff. But then I realized that that job is a lot of there's a lot of difficulties in that job in terms of the getting sports a job, management field. Mm-hmm, yeah, and becoming like I always wanted to have a family where I could spend time with them and mm-hmm. I don't want to I didn't want to be away from them for a long time so I was like I can't do that so I came back and I prayed a lot and I was like what do I want to do and I was like well I've always been decent at school and I and I like medical stuff and I like helping people so I was like what can I do with that and you know I prayed about it a lot and then I decided you know one day I forgot exactly what happened but like a guy my I worked with at the golf course came up to me and was like I was telling him about this. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, he, didn't, he, he wasn't a Christian, n- not my men, not just a random guy. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, always go medical mm-hmm. and just like walked away. <laughs> that was a weird thing. Because I, because like always go for medical field as opposed to like um, the business side, or, mm-hmm. like sports right. management, because I was talking about it. And I don't know, for some reason, I just thought about that. I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense, like in a lot of ways for me. And so. Then I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try to become, um, I'm going to become an EMT and see what happens. And I just, I signed up a day before the EMT class started. Oh boy. (laughs) Just not knowing anything about it. Just saying, you know what, it'd be good. At least it's medical experience. Yeah. So I signed up at Cal State Long Beach. They have a program there. And I showed up, and there were eight people in the class, which is like no one. And anyway, long story short, I passed that, and I was like, 
midway through the EMT class, I realized, like, man, I am kind of interested in becoming a physician assistant, like a PA. And so I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is what I want to do, and I feel like I don't hear anything from God. Like, it was kind of like a, it's like a, kind of a dark, not dark, but just like a silent part where, like, God's not saying, hey, you should do this or you shouldn't. Yeah. Um. And so I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't, I don't want to spend like over a hundred thousand dollars on school yeah. and figure out I don't want this. Like yeah. so what, That's... what point do I stop pursuing it? But, um, Mariah and I talked a lot about it and, and I talked to a lot of other people too. And I, like, I kind of came up with like, you know what? I love helping people and I love doing these types of things and, and being there for people when they need it most. Like I'm going to keep pursuing this until God says hey you know Mm -hmm. what like i don't want you doing this let's go do something else and that's tough for me because i'm um i like to be in control of situations i like to know the outcome i like to take the safe bet not the not the one that could win you five million (laughs) dollars like the one that will win me five bucks and Mm -hmm. keep going like that and so it's it was tough to like make that decision but i graduated amt school um got a job as an emt so that's that's what i do now if you guys are wondering <laughs> the transition. I the work. Cliffhanger <clears throat> has been yep. exposed. I work as an EMT. Um, been doing it for about three months. Um, but I'm still pursuing PA, so I'm also taking some prereq classes to apply for PA school next year. Um, but you need medical hours, so that's yeah. why I'm doing EMT. Uh, one of the major reasons, which going into it, it's not a good reason to do it hmm. because you see a lot of EMTs in the field that want to be firemen mainly. Yeah. And you have to have a reason why you're doing EMT. And I didn't. I just did it because I was like, oh, I need hours and, like, I'm here. And this is kind of like a big change in my life, I guess, the last three months is I would go, like, I started started EMT and, like, I absolutely hated it at first. Like, I hated because I put my availability always because I wanted to get the job. Oh. And they put me on nights. So I'm on nights right now. And I absolutely hate it because I'm not a night person. And so with that, I was super stressed and I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I was like, like I still sometimes will at like three or four in the morning, I'll look around. I'm at an ER and be like, what am I doing? Like how, why am I here? And it's been a struggle. So the first like month was really hard. And I was like, why am I here? Like, like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know if I'm going to do PA. Like, what am I doing? And I think that's when like talking to people and like praying a lot, the realization is like, you have to have a reason why you're doing it. Like you can't just do EMT cause you're doing EMT. Why did you do this in the first place? Yep. And so I kept praying and I was like, well, I just want to help people. Like I like helping people and I like being there for them and I want to show them God's love. Like I want to show God's love to these people. And God was like, all right, then do that. Like, and I was like, what do you like do? Like I'm an EMT. Like I'm not doing like, I don't know. Like, how do you do that? And and he's like, just do it. Like, just love people. Like, and that's what everyone was telling me. Like, just just go there every day and just have an intent of you're gonna love this person mm. because they need help and God loves them and so you need to love them too. And that's hard for me because right now I don't work 911. I do what they call IFT, which is like you do BLS transport. So mm. it's like uh, basic life support. So it's not 911 calls. It's like Usually calls where there's, like, sick people or people that fall and, like, break their arm at, like, 
um, assisted living houses and stuff. And so you take them to the ER there. It's point A to point B. Yep. Not necessarily. And um, occasionally you you have to get fire involved or occasionally you have to take them lights and sirens. But most of the time it's very basic, very routine, not very exciting. And a lot of the patients you work with are hard to love because a lot of them that you work with are not there mentally Mm. completely like they're not conscious a lot of them or a lot of them are very confused um you get a lot of um psych patients that like are really rowdy and um sometimes hard to deal with and so like it's not you go to work every day and you're like oh like sometimes like i look at it sometimes a lot like man i have to go to work today but i have to constantly remind myself like why i'm there Mm. and it's tough it's not easy and it's hard to love these people a lot of the time and like honestly because sometimes you're just like I'm tired and I don't want to be here. <laughs> but every time I a lot I do of us that, can relate to that idea at yeah. various times. Every time I do that though I look back and say like, "Well, I'm here because I want to love people. That's what I want to do in life." And that changed my whole attitude and I'm able to like know that these people need help regardless mm-hmm. if other people think they do or not. Yeah. Like these people need help even if it seems like a something they don't need help with like they need help and maybe it's not medical help but maybe it's like they need to know that someone loves them they need to know that someone still cares about them when they're in sometimes not the nicest facilities and no one comes to them like just being able to talk to some of these psych patients or like people who haven't seen someone in months like their family members and just let them Mm -hmm. be able to talk to you in the back and ask them how their day's going ask them what they did that day um and just love them has been it's been awesome for me and my growth because I'm going to, I have to realize like, it's not always going to be like, Oh, you're helping like this famous athlete get back on the field. Mm-hmm. Like you're helping this 98 year old woman who, you know, has a, has a fever or, you know, has something like that. And you're like, this person's God still loves this person just as much as he loves this professional athlete. Yeah. And that's been tough, but I think it's good for me to see is like, I do have a purpose at the CMT place. Like mm. I, I do have a purpose and I do have a goal to love people. And that's like, like that's the passion of mine is loving people for who they are. And so that's been cool the last three months, but it's, it's hard and it's not like, Oh, I'm some good person at loving people. Cause you can ask a lot of people that know me. Like when I have to go to work, I'm like, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to go. And it's going to be nice when I don't have to do this anymore. But I always have to remind myself, like, I'm not going to be doing this forever. Yep. And I need to enjoy every moment I'm doing and listen to what God's showing me mm-hmm. every single moment. And it's hard. But that's what I've been working on and practicing and trying to get better at these last three months. Hmm. So that's where I'm at, I guess. That was a heck of a – that went a lot of ways. Yeah, I feel like I missed things, but I don't know. All right, do you – I definitely don't think so. <laughs> you answered questions I didn't even pose. <laughs> you answered all the questions I had. <laughs> so having known you for a while, there's a couple like things along the way that I think are cool to ask about or that either we've probably talked about before and so I think it'd be cool for people to hear it or I haven't asked you and I or I forgot. Um so going, kind of going back to your brothers, mm-hmm. um, your middle child. Yep. What's that like? 
I mean, honestly, I feel like I don't really have an accurate answer compared to, like, <laughs> everyone else who asked, just because I, in general, got along with my brothers really well, mm. and there was no, like, that middle brother syndrome or whatever you call it. Because like, what's the age separation for people? They're all two know. years. So oh, okay. uh, my brother's 26, I'm 24, Evan's 21, almost 22. So two, two, two and a half years between all of us. And we all got along really well. Um, and I got along with, well, with my parents and my parents didn't treat any of us that differently in terms of Cause like anything. middle child will know, like they'll say it. Yeah. And, and so you just, never well, I, I feel like I was treated fairly the same and I didn't really feel like, um, like people always make jokes about the middle child. Yeah. Like, you know, they're forgotten or whatever, you know, all and these you things. you just don't feel like you I don't feel like that at all. And I think that's a testament to my parents and yeah. also my brothers. Like, yeah. it was a great, I had a great childhood growing up with my brothers and I still, it's still fun to do things with them. I went to church with them last Sunday, like for the first time in a while, like all three of us. And it was really cool. I, it was really fun. It like brought back memories, but yeah, I mean, my childhood was great. So Michael is a super high achiever. I'm kind of directing that at you, but. To the people, mm-hmm. like oh, you're telling me this. Yeah, I'm like I'm not a and super high achiever. <laughs> no, Michael is a super yeah. high achiever, and so following that would be daunting. And so I'm curious what your thought process of like watching your older brother excel basically at everything. <laughs> and yeah. whether you felt pressure to do that, whether you were like excited to follow in those footsteps, whether like what was that like? Yeah, um it was tough, but not always in a negative way. It was tough because if you don't know Michael, Michael's just really good at everything. Like he can do basically anything he wants and he's very good at a lot of things. He's super athletic super good at soccer, super smart, like super kind to people. Like he's just, he's just like an amazing person. And Mm. uh, growing up, it was tough because, you know, I always looked up to Michael and I was like, I want to be like Michael. I want to be everything he is. I want to be able to play sports as well. I want to be as smart. I want to be as kind to people. Um, But that kind of set me up for a trap a little bit um, because I eventually realized in early college, maybe late, high school like i don't need to be like michael like michael's great but i'm not michael like i need to be great the way that god made me Mm -hmm. and but before that it was tough because he he went to lakewood too but he was really good at soccer he was varsity sophomore year uh, like a starter and he was really good and then i came in when he was a junior and I was a freshman, so everyone looked at me like, oh, this guy's going to be really, really good. And I'm not nearly as good as Michael at mm-hmm. soccer. And so it was like, kind of like a letdown, I felt like, to other people, and that was hard. And then going to that Michael was super smart and, like, was valedictorian of, high, of Lakewood High School and, like, super smart. And I was like, man, like, he's just really good at everything. Um, but it was – he was the type of brother and is the type of brother that, like – it was never a competition, and it was never him trying to be the best or be better than me or Evan. It was him supporting us and allowing us to, like, encouraging us to our full potential. And that was that's something I, like, I really respect him for is, like, he's one of the most humble people you ever meet, and he's, like, good at everything. And that's really crazy to see. But, yeah, he was 
he was an encouragement and he even like told me a lot of times like you're doing great like you don't need to be like something you're not like just keep doing what you're doing and I thought that was really cool um but that was a struggle for me I I didn't I a lot of the times when I was growing up I just did things because Michael did them Mm -hmm. so like going to Lakewood that's I now it's kind of coming back to me I probably went there because Michael went there yeah and I was like okay Michael's going there I'm gonna do it Michael played soccer I'm gonna play soccer you know, Michael did all these things. He was in Merit Scholars. I'm going to be Merit Scholars. He went to Cal State Long Beach even, like did kinesiology, graduated the same degree as me. I'm going to do that. Mm. And so there's a lot like I'm just going to do what Michael does because he's good and he's and he kind of is paving a way. Like all the teachers know him, so they know me. And like so it was like easier for me. And so I kind of followed his footsteps a lot, which was good. But it also was a trap in terms of like I would try to be exactly like him sometimes and – up until early high or early college or late high school, but yeah. So how would you how would you compare your relationship with Michael to your relationship with Evan? So all of us get along pretty well. Granted, Evan is a very different personality right. type than you two. Um, yeah. So Michael and I are more similar than Evan. If you guys don't know us, is. Evan's a lot more laid back, a lot more just do whatever comes to mind, um, very relaxed. Not doesn't stress a whole lot in terms of things. Uh, that frustrated me a lot and still does, honestly, um, because I'm very, like, I plan things out. I like to be on time. I like to do all these things, and he's the exact opposite. But my relationship with Evan, as opposed to Michael, with Michael, he was more like someone I looked up to and I'd follow him. For me, I saw that role kind of with Evan, and I was pretty close to Evan. Like, I I remember, like, he looked up to me a lot and would always, like, he would listen to me sometimes more than our, my parents. Like, if they told him to do something, he wouldn't do it, but if I told him, he'd do it because he looked up to me. And I thought that was really cool. And I remember one example is, like, he had some eye problem when he was little, and so he had to wear an eye patch to strengthen the other eye. But he hated it because he was little and kept trying to take it off. And so I remember I don't – my parents told me this, but I kind of remember like every day I would like remind him and have him put on his eye patch because he wouldn't otherwise. And like he probably wouldn't be able to see out of that eye or something if he didn't do that. But like mm-hmm. those examples, like it's been really cool to like encourage Evan because he's like – he's such an awesome kid. Well, he's 21, I guess. <laughs> he's not a kid. He's always going to be a kid brother. Yeah, but he's awesome, and, like, he loves people like no other. Like, he loves to love people, and he loves to just be that chill person that just goes with the flow. And it's really cool to see him grow up in that way. Um, so I just have loved, like, living with him and living life with him. Yeah, still in the same room as him, so <laughs> still shame to share the same room. Um, one of your accolades is you're an Eagle Scout. That's correct. All three of you are Eagle Scouts. That's correct. Impressive. Oh, it's nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, what, I don't know, give, cause I, there, I'm somebody, there's no way I would have ever done Boy Scouts. Like I just could not, the discipline it takes and a lot of, <laughs> as Kyle makes a faith, um, the, I don't know. There's just a lot that goes into being a Boy Scout that is not in my personality wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always intrigued by people who do that. Kind of like with people who like like running. I'm just, I can't. Yeah. Uh, we are not on the same page. <laughs> so I, that always intrigues me. So give 
give kind of a like what was Boy Scouts like for you? What did it teach you? What was you know how do you see that your life has improved because of it? What were some things that were not so great? What does it mean to you to be an Eagle Scout? Like what is all of that? Yeah. Um honestly when I was in Boy Scouts and becoming Eagle Scout and everything, I I didn't really see anything that it did for me that like right away. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of just did it because Michael was doing it and because my family wanted me to. Um, and so I just kind of did it. And again, it was just like kind of the theme in my life. It was just that was part of my life. That was what I did, and mm-hmm. I just thought it was normal. And so I just went through it and became Eagle Scout. But I look back now and – it's very weird talking to kids now and other people like my age or something that like have never been camping before or like have never done like base basic things that I assume are like normal things for kids to do. Go yeah. backpacking, go camping, do all these outdoor things, learn how to tie knots, things like that. And they never have. And I look back and I was like, wow, like I've had so many like cool experiences becoming that, becoming Eagle Scout. But I think one of the things that like, I don't know if it's directly related to Eagle Scout or Boy Scouts, but it definitely improved this ability to me. It's my some of like the leadership qualities and mm-hmm. being able to um, like organize people in a way to get some <coughs> to get something done, um, and being able to be a leader, but not not what people think is not those leaders that just tell people what to do, like the leader that leads by example. Because I had to do it. A lot in Boy Scouts, like, if you're a leader, like, you kind of just do it all, in a sense. Like, you do a lot of the work. Um, So it gave me a different perspective of, like, what a leader is, kind of. It's not someone who's on top that just tells people what to do all the time. It's someone who who walks the walk, I guess you can say. Um, And that was good for me to see. And it, it built that confidence, I think, in me that, like, hey, I can do a lot of things. Like, I'm... Becoming Eagle Scout, I think, I don't know what the stat is, like 2% of Boy Scouts become Eagle Scout. I don't know, something like that. But it helped me realize, like, wow, I can, like, do things if I try. Like, if I want to do something, I can do it. And I think that's something that I carry on, like, in that I want to, like, encourage people about. is like, honestly, if you're passionate about something, like, you can do it. Like, if you can really, like, focus on something and really want to do it, like, there's no reason not to. Like, there's so many resources, and I know people get into all these things, but you live in America, and you have all these resources and people around you, and if you really want to do something, like, go do it. Like, it might not be easy, but you can do things, and I think that's one of the things Boy Scouts taught me, but um, more, I don't know, it has an interesting stereotype, Boy Scouts, sometimes there's, sometimes there's interesting people in there mm-hmm. that aren't, I guess, aren't always socially, um, adequate i don't know how to put it like not very good social skills yeah um but again i think that also goes into like allowing me to realize that these people like god still loves them too like Mm -hmm. these people are here for a reason like they're in your life for a reason like don't just kick them out like don't just disregard them because that's what everyone else does in their life like you know incorporate them in what you're doing um so that was a hard thing because it's sometimes hard. You don't want to be with some of those people or you, you want to do your own thing. But, like, you know, those people, like, they look up to you or they look up to other people and, you know, you're an ambassador for Christ. And so love those people. I don't know. So speaking of, um, one of my favorite 
conversation points is how did your faith so you went through a whole long process of everything um but when you were growing up in that situation growing up surrounded by it where you just know it was there ever a moment that you knew god was real like was there like a singular moment where it's like oh this isn't just stuff that i'm being told like this is definitely true, and I definitely believe in this. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I guess, I touched on it a little bit, but I don't know if it's exact moment, but it's definitely um, a period of my life. I think the short period of, like, transitioning from the end of eighth grade to, like, the beginning of, like, public mm-hmm. school really, like, opened my eyes to, like, wow, like, people, like, need God and don't have God as opposed to what I'm used to. And like people like the, the, the drastic change of like the people I was with. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, like this group of people over here, like that love Jesus act so much differently and are so much loving, more loving and kind than these people over here a lot of the time. And like, I didn't see that before. I grew up purely in Christian households and like, and doing Christian things that like, I didn't really get that outside experience and seeing that was like, wow, like there's almost like, there's no way that like God couldn't be real. If like, if my family and my extended family, like how well off, like, and how much they love Jesus to like these people that don't always love Jesus. Like something has to be different there. Like you can't just wake up one day and say like, Oh, like, I'm just going to love people all the time. I'm going to incorporate them in my life. I'm going to show them God's love. Like, these, like, there's no way that these people can do this on a consistent basis all the time. And not that Christians can all the time, because, I mean, it's hard to love people all the time. But, like, the degree at which I saw growing up and then didn't see getting to high school was like, wow, something, there's something different here. And that was cool to see, I guess. So within, within your faith, and again, you kind of answered it already, but what is it about your personal relationship with God that you know for sure that he is truth? Yeah. Um, like, how do you yeah. know for sure that God exists? Hmm. That's a great question. I think the fact that it's so interesting in my life because I haven't had the hardest life like like a lot of people on this podcast or a lot of people in the world. Like yeah. I've had a relatively easy life in terms of what people would call easy life. Mm-hmm. But it seems as though every time I don't think I'm going to do something or I'm not going to be able to get something done or I'm not going to be able to progress in any way, like any area of my life, whether that be school, relationships with other people, or like family, or like with God. Like every time I think, like, man, I can't do this. Like I'm not going to do this. Like somehow, like it always works out in a way that I look back and I'm like, how did this happen? Like this shouldn't, like this shouldn't have turned out this way. Every single event had to line up to like make this happen. Like the fact that. I'm here today because, like, Solomon, like, where I'm at in life right now, because Solomon told me there's an opening at LCS and how that cascaded in, like, 20 different areas of my life that progressed. And, like, looking back, like, if he just didn't have the 
like I was playing Fortnite, I'm pretty sure with him, and he literally was like, Hey, I got this email and just read it to me. And like I look at all these things and whenever I'm like, Wow, I'm not gonna pass this class or I'm not gonna do well or what do I want to do in life? Like it always works out. And I don't know exactly what I mean by that, but like whenever I like actually trust in God and like say, You know what, God, like I'm so confused and that's really hard for me to say, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I hate being out of control. But when, as soon as I let become out of, as soon as I gave God control of my life and let go, like that's when I like see things starting to work out instead of me like planning out exactly what I'm gonna do and what I want to do. When I just get up every morning and say, you know what, I'm gonna let God take over today and just whoever comes into my life, whatever comes to my life, I just wanna be fully present and see what God wants to show me and try to love whoever He puts in my life that day. But it, it doesn't happen every day. Some days I wake up and I'm in a really bad mood mm-hmm. or grumpy. And those are the days where I need other people to be like, hey, this is how you're acting. You need to stop acting like mm-hmm. that because you're missing a lot of what God's trying to show you. Yeah. I think that's important of community, too. Mm-hmm. Importance. I have one more question, but do you have anything? Um, well, I had a, I looked at the percentage of the the Boy Scout thing, and it was 6.49%, which ah, is impressive. Uh, I was, I did Cub Scouts, but I, I couldn't go all the way through. I, yeah, but I, but I have a lot of friends who did a lot of things for Boy Scouts, and it was very impressive that all three of you were able to do it, and it's pretty impressive. Um, what was your Eagle Scout project? Um, so my Eagle Scout project was at his nesting place on Market in the Atlantic or something down in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, his nesting place is a place for unwed mothers to go and get help, Mm. um, for whatever they need. And so I was able to take out a concrete, what's called a platform or like sidewalk type driveway Mm -hmm. and replace it all with, um, like a brand new lawn for the kids and sprinklers and uh, not sprinklers, but just a whole lawn, um, for them to play in. So they have that. So that's what I did. Still there today, I think. <laughs> I hope so. That's really cool. Yeah. That ends my questions. <laughs> um, so just a last one. We've been going a while again. <laughs> we really need to cut down our sports thing. We need to be. Well, probably. <laughs> um, Do something about it. <laughs> what What is something recently that you have either learned about God or that God has taught you? Or that you have just been like, you've seen God at work in somebody somehow. Like, what is something recent that where you've been like, dang, this is God? Um, I think for me, I mean, the most recent thing is in my life has been like figuring out what I want to do in life and like what I need to be doing and like what I should be doing. And every time I use those words, what I need to be doing, what I should be doing, what I want to do, like every time I think about that, like I have to catch myself like I'm doing now and say like, well, it's not necessarily what I should be doing or what I need to be doing, but like what God wants me to be doing. And I think that relates to like the career or what I'm trying to do in life. And, um, I know that I want to love people and I want to help people and I really like sports. 
I know those those things in my life to be true and I'm passionate about. And finding that like where those intersect is like what I'm trying to figure out in life. But I think something that I've learned is like in my head it's always there's an end goal. There's an end goal where you get to and you're just happy and you have it all worked out and you just are happy from then on out. And I think recently I've learned that that's not how it works and that's not how God wants your life to be. That's not how God wants you to be. He doesn't want you to get to a point where you're just done growing or done being at a spot where you think you're you're set. And so I think I've learned that through this EMT job and trying to figure out what I want to do and realizing like, Every day of my life, like, I just want to get up and, and live my life loving people and not getting to become a PA and then say, like, all right, I'm a PA, now I'm set. Like, I don't have to worry about anything else. But waking up every day with, like, a, a new a new fresh start and being like, mm. what does God have for me in store today? Instead of, like, oh, I'm at this point. Like, I'm set financially. I'm set with my career. I'm set with my family. Like, everything's set. I'm just going to sit back and relax now but like my whole life it there should never be a stopping point i think that's been a big realization for me and i don't know how i'm taking it yet because in my head i i always just want to like work hard and get to a point where like i can just relax and i can mm-hmm. just do what i quote unquote want to do and just not have to worry about any of the stress in life yeah. and just be done with it like in a way so it's hard for me to swallow it's like well I'm going to be doing this every day. Like, every day this is, should be my goal. So that's something that I'm working on. But I think that's been a realization. Like, I have to wake up every day and say, like, you always have to keep growing. You always have to trust in God. You don't want to get to a point where you don't, don't think you can anymore. Mm-hmm. We should all be so inclined to wake up each day and think that. All right. Well, thanks for being here, taking yeah. a large portion of your day. Well, I don't work you, anymore. Yeah, so. I'm glad you don't have to <laughs> go off and be out all night doing that now. You can just chill, um, watch a Laker game or something. Yeah, that's right. Play Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Thank you for being on here. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a, a good Tuesday for us. And I hope you guys have a good Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day you're watching. <laughs> I was going to name the rest of the days. I realized it might just take too long. And then you said watching. Ah, you know what I mean, listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at From Bob's Office, or you can find us individually on those platforms. We won't say them all. Kyle can say his. Um, I have a Facebook. <laughs> Kyle Oscarson, if you want to friend request me. Or you can hit me up on School Loop, but... Uh, don't have a Twitter or Instagram or anything, so... Uh, Not even going to be able to tag you. You're going to be the first person that we can't tag on Instagram. Sorry, guys. Talk wow. about Facebook. Hit me up on Facebook. <laughs> we'll just tag... Tag me on Facebook. Tag Michael and Evan, and they, I'll can, never check they it. can find you vicariously <laughs> through them. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> I'm Jacob Bomber. I'm Jake Mathis. I'm Kyle Oscarson. Have a great day. <laughs>